4: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
5: A good and pleasant Wednesday afternoon from your pals Grant and Danny. We are coming to you live from our Half Street studios in D.C., 1067, the fan
4: taking you All the way up to 630. Daniel, what's up? What do you say, buddy? The, uh, say what you want about Dan Campbell and Detroit. They're consistent. They always go for two. Oh, I'm sorry. That was the Red Wings last night. They scored a touchdown and went for two against your Washington Capitals. Yikes. Big yikes. Especially because we're like, I know it's a tough adverse situation. They're a couple, they're a little bit short man, a little bit under man, but maybe let's see if they can rally and, oh, gruesome. Yeah, ugly. so many goals.
5: Uh, here's your lay of the land today. Aaron Taylor, college football expert and analyst, CBS Sports. He's an outstanding guest. If you haven't heard him on this show or anywhere before, uh, make sure you're listening. We're going to dive deep into the QB class with him. We'll get really elbow deep into Caleb Williams as a prospect, Drake Mays pros and cons, Jaden Daniels, the highs and the lows of his game. That's coming up at 3 o'clock, 55 minutes. Cannot wait for that breakdown. We got the Beltway Blitz at 4, and at that time, we're giving away tickets to a popular show coming to Washington, D.C. So if you want those tickets, you better be listening at 4 o'clock to a Yacht Rot uh, tribute band. And at 6 o'clock, Peter King, a farewell tour of sorts for P.K., one of the great columnists who's ever covered the NFL, one of the best National Football League insiders and writers over the years. He kind of was on the, the first wave crashing on the shore with like John Clayton and Chris Mortensen in terms of the, the people that had the Schefter Rappaport gig initially. Peter King saying farewell to writing his weekly column after decades. Uh, we'll talk to him about his run coming up here in about four hours today at six right here on the fan.
4: What a career. What a career. I know he at times drew the ire of, uh, of Washington fans because Art Monk's omission not in the Hall of Fame and how influential he was. He had his outsized influence. For so many years among Hall of Fame voters and the committee and and various people, you know, our own Brian Mitchell, Joe Jacoby, guys that deserve more respect, quite frankly, uh, when it comes to Hall of Fame consideration. But put that aside for a moment. Just think about what he's seen. Think about for four decades writing about the NFL and being the first stop for so many people for so long. Right, the the most connected, the before the Adam Schefters, before Ed Warder, before anybody else was, you know, stationed outside of uh, whatever Happy Valley, wherever the stupid place is, where, where Dallas has practices, to see if Jerry Jones sneeze or not. Before all that, Peter King was the original insider for for a lot of folks. What an unbelievable career, man! FedEx Field is no more, with two years
5: left on the naming rights of the stadium out in Landover, Maryland. It's now unnamed. FedEx has gotten out of its deal, so the commanders will begin in earnest negotiating with other companies to try to get one to put their name on the stadium. I read somewhere today, I don't know how legitimate these numbers are, but that the average around the NFL is like 11 to $13 million per year for naming rights, and supposedly the commanders from FedEx Field were not getting close to that, so it could end up working out for them, I guess, if they can swing a good deal with somebody. The problem, obviously, is... You're asking for a company to put its name on a stadium that's widely considered to be the worst in the sport. How much a factor is that? I'm not really sure. I mean, you're still getting the advertising. It's still the NFL. When Monday Night Football, Sunday Night Football, Thursday Night Football, standalone games are at your stadium, it's still being broadcast everywhere. Mm -hmm. There's still tens of thousands of fans. You don't care if they're home or road fans coming to that stadium. Now, did FedEx take a hit? From the fact that it was the FedEx field and it was the worst stadium? I don't think so. Like I didn't think of FedEx any differently as a company. It's weird because I would even occasionally refer to the stadium as I'm going to FedEx as if I was going to ship a package or something. But at no point (laughs) ever when it's like, am I going, what do I think of UPS versus FedEx? Did I even correlate it really to the stadium or certainly ding it because the stadium was bad? So I think they'll probably do just fine now in free agency, new owner, company people want to get on board with that's ascending a bit of a rocket ship
4: there on over the last calendar year yeah but this is the first one where that's not the case because by all accounts it's not a terribly expensive deal for FedEx when you look at what the other teams are paying I mean they signed their deal a long time ago if memory serves right for what they were paying annually and to, as you already said it's the worst stadium in sports probably it's certainly the worst stadium in the NFL it's terrible worst but that experience definitely yeah and that certainly hasn't negatively affected you wouldn't think i mean somebody smart could tell me that, that it has or hasn't i don't know i'm sure their stock price is doing fine but it's so it's curious to me that they would want to get out of business now that the enemy is gone now that the guy that pissed off Fred smith so much now that the guy that uh ruined everything and, and pit the minority owners against each other and that whole weird buyout lawsuits against everybody and weird discovery and all that crap that dan Slatter was always associated with it seems weird to want to get out now on what's a pretty affordable deal So this could go one of two ways.
5: They could get a pretty sweet deal pretty quickly and throw another company's name up there and it's blank field. Mm -hmm. Or they could do the Nationals thing where it becomes Commander's Stadium, right? Or Commander's Field if they want to keep that part of it. And they just go, it's only a few more years, ideally, through 2027 and and then the new stadium, perhaps, where you sell the naming rights to that thing and you just keep it as Commander's. Do you want to learners this thing? The age-old story with the learners is they've decided that the naming rights at Nationals Park, to them, are worth whatever the appraisal was. Let's say you get your house appraised. Your house is worth $732,000. Someone offers you seven nineteen, dollars and you go, absolutely not. Nope. That's the only offer you've got. And then someone else offers seven twenty-one. dollars Absolutely not. You're not selling your house for less than seven thirty-two dollars because that's what it's appraised for. And this is what the learners have decided to do with their naming rights. Someone said it's worth 100 bucks. People are offering them $84, $93, $99, and they're going, not today, not ever. You're giving me $100 or you're not getting it. So I guess the commanders could go one way or the other. I did post the picture at Grant H. Paulson, if you want to check it out, of Grant and Danny Field, mm-hmm. which uh, Toby, our buddy, helped me uh, put together. G&D Field even looks a little better. They'll looks put that nice. in the end zones, but Grant and Danny Field is nice. I figured we could both issue statements to our listening audience Mm -hmm. today uh, just about how excited we are to do business with Odyssey and the Commanders coming together now on Grant and Danny Field. This was the statement that I issued from my desk about two hours ago. From the
4: desk of Grant Paulson, yeah. As
5: a lifelong resident of the DMV who has been to almost every home game since 1999, it is an honor to be associated with such an iconic venue. I was there when the Redskins beat the Lions in the playoffs in 2000 and when the 2012 team won the East in a Week 17 division battle against the Cowboys. Those memories will last forever, and they have made the stadium special to me and my family. This partnership will be great for both the club and the show. Our hope is that it aids us in continuing to provide amazing sports coverage to Washington, D.C.'s revered fans. That is a statement from the desk of myself, Grant Paulson, on FedEx Field, now being renamed Grant and Danny Field in Landover, Maryland.
4: So, uh, moments ago, from the desk of Danny Ruye, uh, a statement was issued also. Uh, I hate this field. It's literally the worst. I'm embarrassed to be associated with it, and I would literally never go unless I was forced to by work. That said, it's still pretty cool to have a field with your name on it. I th- And that was the statement issued from the desk of Danny Ruye. Wow, quite a statement. Quite a statement, powerful statement.
5: Uh, I, I think they're going to get another deal pretty quickly. And, you know, I'm not necessarily yeah, I think they will. concerned. I mean, it seems like companies want to do business. They've announced mm-hmm. a lot of partnerships they're also, we, we just found out yesterday, they're putting 75 million into the stadium and the facility. And I got to be honest, you know, I, I hate to take the easy way out on some of this business stuff. At this point, I am on to Cincinnati, as you know, Danny, uh-huh. I just don't care that much what the name of the stadium is. In fact, I'll probably call it FedEx Field a bunch in the future. I still call Progressive Field Jacobs Field every now and then. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm bad at that. I, not like I don't know that it's not that anymore. I just don't care.
4: So in other right. words. So it was MCI Center after it wasn't for yeah. me. It was Verizon Center after it wasn't for me. Exactly. And whatever it's after Cap 1. I'm I'll a be Capital
5: like, One guy, as you know. Sure. So I, I call it Capital One because I, I like Capital One a lot. I'm very pro Capital um, One. I, I'm very pro Capital One. Always have been, always will be. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, a, a good example for me is Heinz Field in Pittsburgh is now some weird word with an A, like Accusure or Accu something. Accenture? I don't is think it? it's that one. That seems too easy. It's it's a weird. Who's our stadium king? I think it's Derek. So it's not
4: Ryan. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good
5: one. <laughs> Ryan's face is. Sorry, buddy. Uh, stadium king. Accusure. It is Akashur Stadium. A- I'm sure it is. Come on. Yeah. Is it really? I'm, it is. I'm never going to say that. Just, I'm just not going to do that. or Akashur? Accusure. Mm. Yeah. So, whatever that is, I, I don't. i mm. I'm sure it's a wonderful company. They probably do great work. I'm sure it's wonderful. I promise you, I will never say that. Huntsville. Now, if I was in Pittsburgh, would I have to do that? Probably. If I did the afternoon drive show on 90 and whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Yin's it, coming to oh, All right. I, w- I might have to say it, Ugh. but I'm just not going to in my here. seat here. Yeah. What do I do? If it's something easy, if it's Pepsi Field, I'll I'll rock it. We'll do it. I hope it's Coca Cola, but that's another story for another day. Mm-hmm. If it's something like AccuSure, I'm just not doing that. So I'll say Landover, and that's my new thing. In the same way that like I'll, I'll drop local 53 sometimes uh-huh. or. You know the outfit, the program, and I'll try to do commanders less. Th- you yeah. never do it. I'm I'm getting pretty good at it. I, I drop Washington pretty frequently. Uh-huh. It'll just become they're coming to Landover. The games at Landover. I,
4: I don't want to have to work to say something. Let's. What if what? Let's workshop this a little bit. What if you leaned all the way in and said it in kind of a radio puke voice, and you're like, "They're gonna come to the command center this weekend." Like you like you just said command yeah, center. Yeah, I won't like do that hard. i like you. You owned
5: it. I think I'd rather just go with command center though, moving forward, as bad like at some the point the command post. My buddy in Kansas City just routinely says Chiefs Kingdom as if I shouldn't make fun of him for it. I think eventually it would get to a point where just me saying command center, I wouldn't hate myself when I said it. Oh man I'd that's, have to
4: punch through a wall and take yeah, a while. There's a that's an uphill climb.
5: But I think I'd rather do that than like a weird word with a bunch of syllables that's hard to pronounce, depending on the company. And they should think about that, by the way, when they, they pick the new name. Yeah, I'm sure they'll
4: think about it, but it, what they'll be thinking about is the check. Like, what, like, you get a lot of money, and you're like, sure, that's the name of it. It's totally the name of the stadium now.
5: How about this? Josh Harrisfield.
4: Whoa. Saved the region. So it, we were oriented towards a sponsor initially, but I kind of was like, what the hell, bro? Let's just name it after me. It's an idea. I don't know.
5: Commander's Field? I don't think people would like that very much. Whose Q rating is the highest right now? Probably Adam Peters, who, by the way, we had on the show yesterday. Is Harris's Q rating higher than Peters? Who would win oh. the popularity contest the autograph line? organizationally? Probably Peters, right? Because it's different. You're an owner. You're in yeah. a suit. You know, Josh Harris, you know, with all respect to, um, you know, Josh Harris. I mean, Adam Peters, he just kind of his hair in that way in the wind and
4: chuckles that. at you and all of a sudden you're like okay adam yeah whatever you want it's fine i don't know i still think harris is is has enough in the in the bank because peters is new it's fresh it's very fun it's exciting and it's as i said there's a newness to it he hasn't made any bad decisions yet But josh harris saved us from the depths of hell he, he threw that rope down when we we're all in Bain's prison and we climbed out one by one you know what i mean like th- he's got a lot of clout at this point he might he might have more Q If
5: we got it renamed to Grant and Danny, uh-huh. let's say Odyssey. All that money we've been saving up over the years by not going yeah. places,
4: we'll use the extra money. Right, the yeah. extra money.
5: They're going to go. We got an idea, Grant and Danny Field. Would you go to the stadium for our ribbon cutting or whatever has to happen?
4: Are they asking me to go for work?
5: Yeah, you got. You're going, but then we're staying for the game. That's not work. That's fun.
4: I'd leave, but I'd go. I'd go for the work part. Like again, I'm not. I'm not doing like a. First Amendment case out of it or something like that. Like, I've, I've been required to go for work several times. You and I have gone over there and and stuff. But you've stuff. never stayed for the game. No, and I wouldn't. I would I would depart. From Grant and Danny Field. Yeah, I would cut the ribbon. I'd smile and cha- handshake everybody and say, thank you so much. I don't think we be could grateful. be
5: grateful. Frankly, then I have to turn down the opportunity. You wouldn't feel comfortable? I wouldn't. If you're not willing to go to games, we can't have our names on the stadium. We don't deserve it. We got to give it to the job. But it's
4: not as if every employee at Federal Express Field was was going every game. No, but none of them refused outright. I don't think anyone said, i guarantee you someone never from, go to a game. I bet you someone from FedEx turned down tickets over the years. Mr. FedEx? If yeah. your name Peter is Peter FedEx the- turned right. down turned down tickets. Fred
5: Smith was not refusing. You understand? Not until him and Dan were at odds. Well,
4: do I get to own the team, partly? Like a little minority ownership? I don't think so. You you give
5: your boy a little steak, I'll go. I don't think that's how it works.
4: I'll take a sweet that has no milk in
5: it, please. Speaking of the junkies, Dan Quinn was on the junks today. Oh, yes, he was. J.P. Flame decided to do a little word association with Dan Quinn. He asked the new head coach of the Commanders about several players, Terry McLaurin, John Allen. They kind of went through some guys on the roster. But then he, I think the whole point probably, was asked him about the three quarterbacks in this draft class. This is what Dan Quinn had to say.
0: Puff. Drake May. Athletic. Caleb Williams.
1: Game changer. Oh, I like that answer.
5: Good one. (laughs) To be clear, Drake May, first word that comes to mind is athletic. Okay? Caleb Williams, Word Association, DC. From D.C., obviously, Uh for those of you that don't know, played at Gonzaga. Jaden Daniels, game changer. Jaden Daniels, game changer. Want to react to that next? Mm Want to play a little thing or not a thing with you, Danny, as soon as we return on G&D right here on The Fan.
6: Yeah. Wanted to
4: see if you're willing to do a quick word association with us, okay? So just first things that pop into your head when I give it, and you don't have to go long on them. Uh, Terry McLaurin. Explosive. Jonathan Allen.
1: Dominic.
0: Sam Howell. tough. Drake May. Athletic. Caleb Williams. D.C. No, there you go. Jaden Daniels.
4: Oh, I like that (laughs) answer.
5: That was Dan Quinn on the junkies. As you can imagine, a lot has been made from those comments. It's the type of the, the, the draft year, I would say, and it's the part of the process, Danny, where we are trying to find something in everything because teams are being coy. Nobody's really giving us any answers. Mm -hmm. So we're just got to read into as much as we can. We're doing the best we can here. Sifting through clues that have been burned. So I want to play thing or not a thing. One of my favorite games. I know you enjoy it as well. Big fan. The gist being, is this anything? As you said, we're picking up with tongs. Something that we just found in the ashes here. And we're going, is this relevant to our case? You know, thing or not a thing? Do we need to break out Room Raiders style? The black light and the, uh, you know, the magnifying glass, the microphone glass. Microphone glass. Or is this nothing? Should we just keep it moving? Thing or not a thing? Dan Quinn's asked by the junkies today, what do you think? Word association when these names are brought up to you. Drake May, he says, athletic. As a Drake May guy who wants them to take Drake May number two overall because I think he's going to be a stud. I heard that and I liked that. I said, okay. That's good. That's That's good. That's good. Then he said, DC for Caleb Williams. Makes sense. I think some people that didn't know he's from D.C. might have thought, whoa, what does that mean? He's just saying he's a hometown kid. Every, everyone's talking about the fact that he's from here. I didn't take a lot out of that. I also don't think he'll be there, so it doesn't matter. The Bears are taking him. Did you see that he spoke to Pete Thamel of ESPN? Who's that? Caleb Williams? Sure. Caleb Williams. I didn't know. There was a big story today. ESPN spread. Uh, Caleb Williams loves deep dish pizza. Oh, he always has. big fan of Chicago yes. as a city. Uh, I mean, he is on board. Sure. He said, if the bears take him, he'll be thrilled. He also said, if they trade the pick, he'll be fine with that too. But remember, there was a lot of talk about, I'm not going to Chicago. Caleb Williams doesn't want to play there. Now, all of a sudden, Bryce Harper style, he's Mr.
4: Chicago is born and raised there. Uh, Kanye West is his <laughs> favorite right. rapper.
5: Right. You know, he, the, the band Chicago. Saturday, I love second city. Am I right? <laughs> Saturdays in the park. He grew up listening to that song, going to bed <laughs> to it on Saturdays. Uh, yeah. So he's going to the bears. It looks like, so it's mayor Daniels. So zeroing in on those. What do you think of Drake May? Athletic. What do you think of Jaden Daniels? Game changer. The transcript there makes you think he likes Jaden Daniels a lot. Might like Drake May fine too, but he really likes Jaden Daniels when you're calling him a game changer. There was also a long hesitation though, Danny. Oh. Before, he answered on Jaden Daniels.
4: This is this is the key. I'm going back over this as a, as not a forensics expert, but someone that has examined the tapes. This is forensic files. Yeah.
5: Are you the guy with the deep, weird voice that can host forensic files? Mm-hmm. Narrate it for me. I'll play the, this clip again. Listen to how long he takes to answer on Jaden Daniels compared to Drake May. Where May, it's just kind of quick. And then Daniels, he really thinks about it.
0: Drake May. Athletic. Caleb Williams. D.C. (laughs) There you go. Jaden Daniels.
1: Game changer.
5: What does the pause mean? I mean, if we're really going to do this, (laughs) if we're going to put on (laughs) our inspector gadget hats and glasses, what does the pause mean?
4: This is a person searching for words that aren't going to be picked over. And the... Ultimate area, of course, is that these words are now being picked over. A forensic file style. <laughs> Has
5: anything ever yeah. been
4: picked over? No. More. This this is not a thing, unfortunately. Junkies did great. This is awesome. You, we got you got a great quote. We're going to have discussion. He's sitting there going, "Uh, uh good. Uh, uh, game changer. You can hear it. He's searching for words that are fine to not give away anything. Dan Quinn loves giving it away. Dan Quinn loves letting everybody know where his feet are. And he's got axioms and this. And I talked to this guy. Uh, nickname. I talked to that guy nickname and we nicknamed it up and we high-fived and chest bumped and filmed and break down and guts. Like he's, That's what he's here to do. He's giving away a lot. He's sitting there going, uh... Trying to find a word without actually doing I, the uh part.
5: I think the hesitation there is how do I not show my hand? There was There was a, let me be careful. And with each guy, he had a little governor, which was good. Mm-hmm. Game changer. It's like if we bring CK into the studio. Uh-huh. You know, he's sitting here. And I say, CK, what do you think of Danny on air? And he goes, fantastic, incredible. And I go, what do you think of me on air? And he goes, good. In a vacuum, saying I'm good on air, that makes me feel good. Okay. When he just says, he you're fantastic. Okay. Fantastic is better than good. It is. Yeah. I'm athletic. You're a game changer. What would you rather be? Would you rather be athletic or a game changer? You'd rather be a game changer. I'd rather change games. Now, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like we now know who Washington's drafting. Here is as honest as I can be, and I think that's what we get paid to do. Sit here, call balls and strikes. Sometimes you annoy people. Sometimes they'll call you and tell you they're mad at you. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, what we're trying to do is entertain, enlighten, be as honest as we possibly can be. I am a Drake May guy. I will be fine with Jaden Daniels as well, for the record. I like him. I will be excited if he's the quarterback. I just think Drake May is going to be a stud. I think he should be the pick. I have now studied and watched enough to feel like that is my dude among the two in this class. As a Drake May guy listening to that interview live today, Daniel, Mm -hmm. I came away a little disappointed. Oh, no. I came away feeling like, uh uh-oh, maybe I have to prepare myself so that I this For is not, New England Patriots quarterback Drake May. So this is not a Ben <laughs> Johnson situation. Maybe I just need to hedge my emotions a little bit, which tells me I think it's something of a thing. Interesting. So you're saying not a thing. Yep, I am. I'm, I'm going with thing because all I can tell you is as someone invested in Drake May's mm-hmm. Washington status, I listened to this and I went, eh, "Damn." Would you agree with the premise? That he sounded in the interview, whether it means anything, it's gospel or not. Uh He sounded more pro Daniels than May by saying athletic and then game changer.
4: I guess. if No. Sounded. No. Transcript. Yes. Game changer. So greater than athletic. But but what he said.
5: Yeah. He was more positive toward Daniels than May.
4: I, I guess. But he's sitting there going, I'm playing word association with guys that aren't on my team now. He gave Caleb Williams an entire city. Like how are we ascribing meaning to this? see what I'm saying? like Caleb Williams is the is the is the nation's capital what what, what, what are we talk, what adjective is that what so so is is city greater than or worse than athletic you know he's sitting there. he's like, uh he already said athletic uh, game changer game changer like to th- this is a this is just you know he's already given a couple adjectives for people. For you know, word associations and and, and, the, and the, like he's sitting there clearly searching for something to say. Right? You acknowledge that the long pause tells you that he's like, oh, what do I say? It wasn't like I just love him so much; he's the greatest. I can't wait to coach him, and I will love him, and he's gonna be my quarterback. Woo-hoo. Like that's not happening. Nobody's
5: suggesting that. Nobody is saying that that that's what happened. But athletic, athletic, game changer,
4: entire city.
5: Now. No, no, but the Uh, city thing, again, he's from D.C., so the first thing you think about is
4: D.C. Okay. I guess. I don't know. I I just don't know what, what, anyway. I'm on the opposite side of you. Again, I like Drake May a lot. I like Jaden Daniels a little bit more. I didn't come away being like, dude, we're getting Jaden Daniels. It's happening. Like, it it didn't change anything. You shouldn't feel that way. I don't think you should feel your way either. Like I don't think that's that's fine. You've got your heart set on Drake, man. I don't think and and nothing happened today that's going to take him away from
5: you. Let's get to my (laughs) thing in a second. All right, you're you're, you're rushing into my thing. I want to get back to your thing. You shouldn't feel that way that that anyone like is suggesting they're definitely taking Jaden Daniels. All I'm saying is I think it is a reasonable takeaway from that conversation to say Dan Quinn really likes Jaden Daniels. Is that fine or no? That that's too a bridge too far for you. I think
4: he I think he likes him. Game changer. You want to be a game changer? Or you want to be athletic. What do you da- want to be? Here like ask me what I think of Jaden Daniels. Just play play this out for a second. Okay.
5: Danny, what do you think of uh Jaden Daniels? Game changer. Right.
4: But you also want him on the command. You see how there was no hesitation? Yes. You see how I didn't wait 7 seconds and then go game uh uh go, uh He's just looking for something to say. Was man. he
5: about to say game manager? No. <laughs> And he's like, if I say game manager, then they'll know I'm Drake May. Then they'll be mad. Wouldn't that be hilarious if him and Adam Peters are like sitting on a couch in Indianapolis listening to the breakdowns and everybody talking about this all day long, and they're cracking up because they love Drake May, and he almost called him Jaden Daniels, a game manager, and then he he stopped himself. Ginger. <laughs> <laughs> thing or not a thing. 800-636-1067. Mike is in Haymarket on Grant and Danny. What's up,
1: Mike? Oh, good afternoon, gentlemen. Uh, so here's the deal. You know, uh, I guess a lot of things kind of uh, contribute to some of these answers uh, throughout the last couple of days. But you had Adam Peters on yesterday, and he talked nothing but high regards o- over uh, Sam Howell. Then, you know, you had Dan on the, uh, on the junkies this morning, and he, you know, says some things uh, which I think is not a thing because I think it's just promoting Jaden Daniels for possibly trade baiting. The third part of that oh, is, that's meta. is that
5: that's meta. That's cool meta. So buddy. so he he uh pretended to be higher on Daniels so that other yes. teams would think they're in on Daniels so that really yes. they can get their guy they secretly love more but, that he downplayed okay, Drake May.
1: Here's the thing, the contextual part of this also came from that uh Dan Quinn was asked, you know, who makes the overall decisions as far as, you know, one person likes one, one person likes another, who has the final say? And he did say Adam Peters, which made me think back, and it was quick to, to respond to that. It's always Peters. He's, he's, he's He does this for a living. That's what he does. So if Peters is, you know, talking really high about Sam Howell, then you might have to think they're not going in on a quarterback this year. It's just a thought. I'm not, not speculating whether you're wrong or right. Yeah, I mean, here's mm. the thing
5: about uh, – uh- what Adam Peters told us about Sam Howell. What are you going to say, man? Are are you going to say,
1: hey, he looked like
5: a backup to me. He's
4: like, yeah, that guy can't do it. He
5: he turned the ball over 20-plus times with interceptions, which isn't even to talk about the fumbles, and he had a really uh, near-historic awful sack rate. And and It's just probably not a starter long-term in the league, but we're happy he's on our side, and we look forward to him backing up whoever we draft. I mean, they're not going to do that, so they were complimentary. And I, I say this all the time about Howell, there are good things. There are traits. He's 23 years old. He's like two months older than Jaden Daniels, by the way. He is younger than Bo Nix. He is younger than Michael Penix. So, At his age, now with 17, 18 NFL games under his belt, there's enough upside there that I'm on record as saying I wouldn't trade him unless you know I got in a third-round pick or something. I just think there's more value to having him in your building in a league where only eight quarterbacks played 95% of snaps last year. But I think anybody who is taking positive things said about a player on the roster by the new GM or the new head coach as gospel toward them promoting or endorsing or keeping that player as a starter, why wouldn't they say that? Now, if that's your theory on the Jaden Daniels, Drake May thing as well, mm-hmm. perfectly reasonable. It is very possible he got prepped well by a fantastic PR guy named Sean DeBarbiere, uh, who... Runs the commander's PR staff. And unlike Yesteryear, even though he's a very young guy, they're very good at it. They're very sharp at it. He does an awesome job.
4: Well, they're allowed to do their jobs now.
5: That's nice, too. You know what I mean? That helps. Um, But even under Dan, I think, at the end, they they were doing a really good job in that regard. But point being, it came up a couple times, hey, you're going on with these guys. They're going to try a million different ways to get you to say something about the quarterbacks, Dan. So you're you're cognizant of that before the interview. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know that he is playing checkers when the junks are playing chess, or vice versa. Where he goes, okay, I really like Drake May, so let me downplay that and say athletic. And he's just thinking about this all, yeah. you know. And he's like, "All right, now they ask me about Jaden." I like Daniels.
4: Caleb Williams, so I don't want to give him a region. I'll just give him a city. <laughs> I don't want to give Mid Atlantic. I don't want to say D M V. Caught
5: up with that, I can't believe it. But um, but with Jaden Daniels, he's like he's thinking about it the whole time, and he's like, "Okay, if I say that I love him, then maybe they'll they'll think we're gonna take him." There was not that much thought given to it. We all agree with that. But is it a thing or not that he seemed very, very much... The compliment was better for Danny. <laughs> Do you care about that? And I think maybe it's just me and my feels a little you bit. You tell someone, hey, you look nice. Oh, my God, you look amazing. No, 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 no. But this is what he did, Danny. This yeah. is what he did. Mm-hmm. I walk into the studio and I go, Daris, you look nice today. Darius probably feels good and goes, thanks, dude. Thanks, man. I look at Ryan and I go, Ryan, you look amazing Sexiest today. man alive. God, you're good. Glenn I would Powell. hate to have to sit in a room with you all day. Who feels better about the compliment? Mm-hmm. If you're a Drake May guy like I am, did you leave that interview a little bit
4: forlorn? I thought it's fine. It's an honor to be nominated.
5: If you're a Jaden Daniels guy, do you have a little more pep in your step today? That's the question. 800 636 Speaking to the QBs, Aaron Taylor, who covers college football, Awesome analyst joining us at 3 o'clock to break them down. And by the way, we got a big guest to tell you about next at 4 o'clock today. We got one of the highest-ranking people in one of the buildings for sports teams in this town coming on. We'll tell you who next right here on The Fan.
6: That's
5: Dan Quinn. We're playing Thing or Not a Thing. He was on the Junkies. They played a little word association. Drake Mays, athletic. Jaden Daniels, game changer. Welcome back. Grant and Danny on the fan. Danny is saying absolutely not a thing. I don't think it's a big thing. I don't think it's an important thing.
4: 1 to 100. 100 is end of days. 100 is is turned in
5: the draft card
4: verbally today.
5: Right? One is he didn't show his hand at all. Where are you at? 2.4. Okay. I'm like a 28. You're Daryl Green on that? I'm, I'm a Daryl Green. Interesting. All I can tell you is how I feel. Okay. All I could do is share my emotions. Your
4: feelings are valid. You don't have to defend your feelings to me. I'm just a boy mm-hmm.
5: who thinks Drake May is going to be a star. And I listened to that, and I came away going, darn, they might like Jaden Daniels more. That's what I was thinking. Wow. That's what I was thinking after I heard it. Go to Robert and Culpepper. Hey, Robert, how are you?
0: Hey, guys. Thank you for taking my call. Hey, buddy. Um, I'm, I like both of these guys, uh, but um, I think Mr. Uh, Quinn is just pulling out chain. You know, he's he's an experienced man, but I think it may be half a thing or maybe
7: 75% of, thing. Whoa, you know what I'm 75% wow, of a thing. Whoa, 75%
5: of thing? Wow, that's a majority thing. He thinks uh, Dan Quinn was tipping his hand a little bit today. Andre's in the district on Grant and Danny. Did we learn anything from that little game of uh, – Word association with Dan Quinn, Dre. Yes,
7: we did. We, we're actually, uh, in the midst of Jaden Daniels being the quarterback. Uh, say I'll that really again? I said we're in the midst of Jaden Daniels being the quarterback.
2: Uh, we need to get our number five jerseys ready, so yeah, <laughs> it's definitely a thing. See,
5: this could be part of it, too. And I don't, I'm not. i am do not want to prescribe that he wants Daniels, but he sounded excited. Get the jersey, whatever. Uh-huh. Is this a you're hearing what you want to hear thing? The opposite of what happened to me. I wanted to hear an endorsement of, and you know, some strong hope for Drake May,
4: the greatest prospect ever. Word right. association, yeah.
5: But I, but I kind of forecasted my own uh, feelings into it in a little way. Uh-huh. The flip side is, if you're super in on Jaden Daniels, you want him to be the guy. You hear the head coach of the team. Who's going to be in on every meeting? Calling him a game changer. Like, is it that whatever your thought is right now magnified by that interview in a way?
4: Could be, could be. If, if you're ascribing meaning to it, if you decide that this is this this is a you know a, a, like if if this to you if you're seeing this happen and you're like this is the same as when you could see the name commanders in the reflection in the mirror. Or in the, in the window when it was all on of the pieces of paper.
5: Oh, I see what you're saying. Like,
4: if you think this is a thing, you're like, hell
5: yeah! But you could also have said, well, they might have filmed that with eight different names to put them in the mirror, just because right. we don't—they didn't want us to know, or or maybe they thought you'll see commanders, yeah, and you're going to think that's the name even though it isn't.
4: So, like, if they draft Jaden Daniels, I don't want people to go back and go, Psh, Dan Quinn told you, February 29th. You know what I mean? Like, no. I just, I don't, I don't think that's the thing. If they draft
5: Jaden Daniels, I think we could absolutely trace it back to it that like, day. This is what happened. That's when we knew. Let's go to Robert in Dallas who's listening on the Odyssey app. What's up, buddy?
0: Hey, guys. Thanks for taking the call again. Um, I hope it's a thing because all I know is that we've got two quarterbacks with Jalen Daniels and Drake May. One guy dominated in the SEC, and the other guy was the second-best quarterback in the ACC. And if you're supposed to be the number two pick – which means I think you're supposed to dominate grown men, you need to be dominating little boys in college. And Drake may never did that. And it reminds me of O'Donnell from USC to get at, at the Jess Wilson. If you're supposed to be that good, I need to see you dominate at your, in your conference regardless of how good it is. And Jalen Daniels did that. So and calling him a game changer, is one of the best compliments a coach can give. So again, I'm hoping it's Jalen Daniels. If it's not, I'd rather just trade out the pick, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Appreciate,
5: Appreciate you. The, the amount of Caleb Williams' love is understood for me. The, the physical traits are off the chart. Mm-hmm. Anybody who's high on Jaden Daniels, I get it. The film speaks for itself. The slander on Drake May, I don't really understand. And I I got some pet peeves I got to work out. I want to do that next segment. First, we could talk to a knowledgeable college analyst, Aaron Taylor, who's going to join us right at the top of the hour here at 3 o'clock. I want to get his breakdowns on all three quarterbacks. But then I want to get into some of the annoying things I'm seeing about Drake May Mm -hmm. because I think a lot of it is just incorrect. Uh, So we should do that. Also, here's your announcement, by the way. We're blowing out the Beltway Blitz today at 4 o'clock. That's the bad news. The good news is we got a guest we got to get to. The president of business ops. Hello. For the Washington Commanders, Jason Wright, is joining us today. How about that? Not a bad two days for your pals.
4: Oh, Peters-Wright combo? Not Yesterday,
5: bad? the guy that runs the football operation, hanging out with a couple of dudes named Greg and Dave. Today, Jason Wright is on the show. First time since shortly after he took the gig, I believe, that we will chat with him on this year radio program. So, uh, if you've got a question you want us to ask uh, Jason Wright, you can tweet us at Grant H. Paulson at Funny Danny. Let us know. We will have him on the show. There's a lot of ground to cover with him. That's coming up at 4 o'clock today, a little over an hour right here on The Fan. Welcome back to Grant and Danny on the Fan. We are live in Richmond on AM 910, FM 1051, and all over the DMV on our flagship 1067 The Fan. Remember to kick off your future with the law firm of Condori and Murad. They are the official show sponsor of GD. They will help protect your assets, update your will and trust, schedule a free estate planning strategy with one of their Fairfax-based attorneys, Visit kmlawyers.com and mention the show to get a discount. That's kmlawyers.com. Jason Wright to join us at 4. One hour from now, we'll talk to the president of the commander's business operation, so make sure you're listening at that time. Uh, and at 4 o'clock when he joins us, we're giving away tickets to see Three Sheets to the Wind. They are America's number one tribute to Yacht Rock. We've got those tickets coming up at 4 o'clock. Right now, though, let's get to the BetQL guest hotline where Aaron Taylor awaits. He's one of the top college football analysts in the country. You know him from CBS Sports. Aaron, in D.C., the big conversation right now is about this college quarterback crop. Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels. Curious for your thoughts on those three guys and what you think about each of their ceilings and floors.
8: Well, there's certainly upside for all three of them. Uh, I wouldn't consider this a quarterback-rich draft. Uh, There's some good ones that have the potential to be very good. I don't know if we have any elite quarterbacks from an NFL production standpoint in this year's draft. So with that said, you would expect them to be taken very early, potentially with the first three picks. Going out west with Caleb Williams, what you love about him It's his creativity, his production, his ability to extend and create with his legs. His 2022 tape and his production was off the charts. You fall in love and go, if that dude can do most of that in the NFL, he's going to be a gold jacket guy. But then you put the tape on this year with not as strong as a supporting cast, an offensive line that maybe wasn't ideal for what they were looking to do and he struggled a little bit compared to that other tape. So decision-making, not holding the football too long, trying to force things and make things happen is certainly one of the things that teams and scouts are going to be evaluating, and of course, his maturity level, which to me, he answered with that tearful embrace with his parent after their last game that had ramifications of the championship on it when he sobbed there. His give-up, S factor is pretty strong and I think that's going to allow him to carry forward and I give guys a pass a little bit in the NIL world for you know having to deal with all those distractions take a look at Jaden Daniels this dude was a west coast guy as well transferred in from Arizona State lit it up four-year starter is exceptional outside the pocket thrown accurately on all three deep levels but puts his body in jeopardy at times. So he's got to be smart with his decision making. Take what the defense gives him and slide versus being foolish because the NFL stands for not for long. And if he does that, he'll get himself hurt. Drake May is the prototypical quarterback. Think Justin Herbert. Six foot four, two hundred and thirty pounds, rocket arm, but he didn't make the best decisions these last couple years at North Carolina, particularly this year. So accuracy is about not just where to throw the ball, but when to throw the ball. And he made some really bad reads with complex blitz concepts and put the ball in jeopardy too much. So those are going to be the evaluations of the pros and cons on those three but they're clearly the three best of the bunch with J.J. McCarthy bringing it home at fourth.
4: Aaron, you mentioned the Gold jack, and obviously we're not asking to predict at this stage, but if you you know, hop in your DeLorean, your time machine, you fast-forward, which of those three guys up there at the top would you say has the best chance to be the superstar, transcendent, Hall of Famer-type guy, highest ceiling?
8: Man, I, if, I, if I'm looking on the hoof as a quarterback and in, in what they could be given their skill set, ironically i would say drake may because of the six foot four 230 pound the rocket arm that teams fall in love with it's what buffalo fell in love with with josh allen plus his mobility but his accuracy was terrible his last year at wyoming i called a couple of his games and i had a lot of concerns about who and what he would become but you loved the cannon and he's now using that cannon And having some success in Buffalo, they haven't been able to get over the hurdle. But Drake May is the type of player with his skill set that if he can clean up all the other things, and that's a really big if, let me own that, that I think if you're picking blindly with with looking at a guy on the hook and what skill sets are, you'd take him. If you're looking for a guy that's a good combination of that with some mobility, I think number two, would be Caleb Williams and number three Jaden Daniels for me. Jaden was so fun to watch. But I worry that he's the prototypical college quarterback that can get away with things that he can't necessarily get away with on the next level. But what you love about him, what's going to keep him around is, again, his ability to get outside of the pocket, throw the football with accuracy. When the pocket breaks down, he can hurt you, and that's going to bode well for him long term.
5: Aaron Taylor was a guard for six seasons in the NFL, won a Super Bowl in Green Bay, college star at Notre Dame, two-time All-American. You see him on CBS Sports, excellent college football analyst joining us here on Grant and Danny. Uh, Specific to May and Daniels, because they're more likely going to be the options for Washington, Caleb Williams... I would imagine, goes one to the Bears. It seems to me like May doesn't get enough credit for his athleticism, his scrambling ability, 40-plus first downs on scrambles on third and fourth the last couple of seasons. And then the other way, I think Daniels, it seems like everyone looks at him because he's a dual threat and electric runner and maybe shortchanges him as a passer a little bit. Uh, What do you make of, of their abilities to do the things maybe that people don't consider their calling cards?
8: You know what? That's a great point because I think when we get in the talking season like we are now, we don't have a a full ability to do deep dives on these guys. So you bring up a great point starting with Drake May around his mobility. He's not Drew Bledsoe back there, right? He's not Peyton Manning back there at all. To your point, he has the ability to extend and create. But as you compare it to the Caleb Williams, the Jaden Daniels, Lamar Jackson, the Kyler Murrays, it's nowhere near that. But Mobility for a quarterback can look a lot of different ways. Believe it or not, Tom Brady was an extremely mobile quarterback, but it was within the confines of the pocket. He navigated and worked and bought himself four and six inches in every which direction, as well as we've ever seen that done at the quarterback position. So no, he couldn't tuck it on third and eight and pick up the sticks and man coverage, but he could be able to buy a split second time where he can deliver a pass to somebody in the flat to move the sticks. So from that standpoint, Drake May is absolutely serviceable in terms of his mobility. He's not a big stiff back there, but it's not something that you can consistently rely on and that teams are going to have to dedicate entire parts of their prep to be able to control. You roll the dice, you trust your athleticism on the other side of the football to nullify that, Whereas I think with Caleb Williams and Jaden Daniels, that's a much different proposition. Jaden Daniels throwing the neighbors, man, the deep ball accuracy was beautiful. Sometimes his balls would die out. Sometimes they wouldn't be as accurate as they would want to be, and it would take what should have been a 80-20 ball and turn it into a 50-50 ball. And neighbors and their other receivers that are super talented would go up and get it. So it becomes a sliding scale when you evaluate talent at this level, particularly when you're considering taking a quarterback at that high. So everybody has a different algorithm and matrix as to way that they weigh those things. So fit and system and processing ability, upside potential experience, injury history, all of those things factor into whether a team takes those one or two guys. And to your point, I think it's going to be Caleb Williams first and I think people fall in love with upside and and the the wow factor in putting seats or butts in seats. So Jaden Daniels goes two, and and I think Drake May would go three with J.J. McCarthy. A lot of people are excited about him. I'm not. I think he's the fourth quarterback off the board.
4: Aaron, there's a million reasons why I'm not a scout. Uh, I. I'd be terrible at it. Yeah. number one, but here's where here's where I'm coming from. And I just I just want your reaction to this. I saw, I think, three games of North Carolina and Drake May. I think I watched Jaden Daniels five times. Each of those five games that LG was playing, it was like video game stuff. five touchdowns, a yeah. hundred yards rushing, forty yards passing. Just incredible. I watched May struggle against Clemson struggle against NC State and then play okay kind of middle of the season. I can't remember which opponent it was. I can't get those, quote unquote, big games out of my head for May. And that left such a sour taste in my mouth. And we're talking about at the top of the board, pick two here. So obviously I had the beholder. But talk me out of that, react to that, or or kind of give me your thoughts.
8: No, you're you're seeing that spot on. And and from that standpoint, I think we can also get distracted by shiny objects. And you throw the tape on, you're like, oh, my God, this this guy's going to be the next Lamar Jackson. It's going to look great, but he's got a much better and more accurate arm. You know, you can't miss on this kid. And that just doesn't necessarily translate, nor does it with Drake May. I I think – what's the best way to look at this? I think they're both players that have very high ceilings but also potentially lower floors. You trust the athleticism and having a player get himself out of bad situations with that intangible, then you do a strong arm and bad decision-making. So the lesser of two evils from that standpoint, I'd happen to agree with you that Jaden Daniels is the better pick over Drake May because of the struggles that he showed consistently throughout this year and turning the football over. You can't win in the NFL turning the football over, and if May doesn't get that corrected, he's not going to be in the league very long.
5: Aaron Taylor, who is an outstanding college analyst, joining us on G&D. You can watch him on CBS Sports. And he is here today to tell us about the latest involvement that he's had with Future Fans, a game launched with a couple of Columbus, Ohio entrepreneurs. What can you tell me about it?
8: Man, I'm excited to share something about Future Fans. It's really created an opportunity for me to connect with my daughter over football, in a fun and and creative way. My daughter was anti-football. She's a first grader because football in the fall always takes me away. So she wouldn't sit down and watch. So what Future Fans has done is reimagine the way to introduce football, which is sometimes complex in its rules and concepts, and does that by embedding them in creative ways in a storybook-led experience. So at night I'm reading a children's book to my daughter about you know, Katie and Connor going to sports camp. And there's this story that unfolds over six or seven nights when you're sitting down reading where you're starting to learn the concepts of football. So after you read the first night, what we did is we got out session number two, which is a, a beanbag toss game, which is the way that you have four beanbags and four hoops and you get four tries to get the beanbag into the next hoop. If so, you can advance and get four more tries That's a brilliant way to introduce the concept of having four downs for a first down. And the result of that is that I've been able to have this incredible experience with my daughter and teach her the sport I love in a way that's enjoyable for both of us. So if you're a girl dad out there and looking to crack the code to get your daughter to be as good of a fan as you are or your kid in general who just doesn't understand the rules of football because it's hard, Go to Amazon or futurefans.com, and if you go to futurefans.com, put in the promo code FANS to get a 15% off discount code there, but it's $60, and the value there at $59.99 to create the experience for the whole family to enjoy. And we're playing ring toss every other night, so this isn't like a one-time thing. It's that one-on-one connection around the sport of football that, I'm so excited about. So anything that can promote the sport, I love. I'm 51 years old, still on scholarship. But I (laughs) want (laughs) to share that with my kids, and they've found a brilliantly creative way to do that.
4: Aaron, this is a lot of fun, man. Really appreciate the time and insight, buddy. Thank you. Appreciate you guys. Thanks. Aaron
5: Taylor, awesome. CBS Sports, NFL, and college analyst. First of all, his voice is so deep. He sounds like he's using one of those machines to change his voice. Right. So that no one knows who he is.
4: <laughs> it's like one of those things where it's like, don't bother tracing this call.
5: <laughs> or even like I, I said last week, and I, I've been on this binge where I love America's Most Wanted. And I've gone back and caught up on all the ones I've missed. Have you really it, been watching it yeah, again? Yeah, since it came back. Well, they do this thing sometimes where they like blur out whoever's talking who's like, a, they saw the crime. Or you know, well, they, they
7: modulate the person's exactly. voice. It sounds like That's a, how
5: deep his voice is. Yeah. Like he was uh, one of the witnesses or something. Uh, but he, so sharp. Great information, really good analyst, so appreciate his insight. Let's get into these quarterbacks. Combine going on. I would say they're going to be taking to the field shortly, but none of them are really doing much in terms of workouts. Like They're
4: in Indianapolis, I guess. That's something. I don't have any problem with that, for the record. You said you would grade it as a bonus if they did it. I'm not knocking anybody for, you know, what are you going to gain? You're already there. You're top three. Everyone knows you're top three. That you you put in the work, it's done. If you have something to prove, you should prove it. But I, I, it's a nice, it's a nice little extra bonus point for me. It's a little extra credit that you'd like to earn. If you want to earn it, by just go compete. I want to see you compete all the time. I want that super special, cannot shut off the competitiveness type person. That is very rare. I mean, again, the, the, you know the names that come to mind immediately. Think of, think of your favorite athletes, whether DC or otherwise. You know who Max Scherzer is. If you come out to take the ball from Max Scherzer, you better be sure better have some conviction because he might yell at you and and scream at you to get back in the dugout. You go, I'm sorry, Mr. Scherzer. I won't bother you again. You know what I mean? Like, I want that. Yeah, we're in
5: lockstep. I I wouldn't hold it against anybody either. But I mentioned I wanted to get into a couple of little pet peeves on the the maid discourse. Please. So the first thing I keep hearing from everybody is that he is a taller Sam Howe. That's just not a good comp. Frankly, it's lazy. And if they didn't both go to North Carolina – Nobody would be saying this. Do you think anyone would say he's a taller Sam Howell if they didn't go to the same school? No. They're not that similar as prospects. I mean, they have some things in common, Uh, taking the school they played at out of the equation, right? They're white quarterbacks. Uh, They are athletic. They move around. They can scramble. And they have strong arms. Now, Drake May's arm is stronger than Sam Howell's, and I would make the case that he is a better weapon when he's running than Sam Howell is by a little bit. But I think the faders are turned up on everything Mm -hmm. from Howell to May, pretty much. And then the other point I would make is as if to say that a taller version of Sam Howell might not be something, you might've just found something. Yeah, that's pretty good. Part of the, the problem, if there's one, with Howell who's kind of a starter backup tweener right now, is his size. That's part of the issue. That's part of why he went in the fifth round. It's not the sole reason. But he's a little over six foot and two hundred and twenty pounds, or whatever he is. If he was six foot four and a half, like Drake May, and over two hundred thirty pounds, he would be a better prospect. That's not nothing. So like the he's just bigger version of a guy who did some really good things last year. Tell me more. I don't really get that. The other thing is, and I said the same thing about C.J. Stroud last year with Ohio State. Stop with your I don't do quarterbacks from that school stupidity. That is such a bad, lazy take. So you're not taking C.J. Stroud because you didn't like how Justin Fields played or Dwayne Haskins fared early or what happened with... Um, I'm trying to think of other, like...
4: R.J. D.J. Bar- Which Barrett is it? Uh, R.J. Barrett,
5: but he really never played quarterback. Um, the one I'm thinking of is played for the Cardell Jones mm-hmm. or like any of these other Ohio State QBs. Enough with that. I mean, that that's so silly and unreasonable. That Correct. is a... A bad take. Another frustration I have, while this one is not as bad a take, is like this idea that Drake may played badly in some of the better games or against better opponents. They they played two ranked teams in the conference last year. In one of those games, he threw for nearly 300 yards, four touchdowns, and no picks. In the other game, he threw for 254 at two touchdowns and two picks. If you go back and watch the picks, they weren't like, what in the heck were you just doing kind of throws that that you can kind of explain things away. There were a lot of drops. A lot of this is supporting cast stuff. And sure, he's not a finished product. I'm not sitting here pretending that he is. And I could do the same thing to defend Caleb Williams of Knox Mm -hmm. or uh, Jaden Daniels of Knox. I just hear less of them within this fan base. I think a lot of people within the fan base are very pro, those two guys, more so maybe than Drake May. And I just don't think many of the dings are all that uh, reasonable if you actually watched. And I don't know how many of the people that go, I'm out on Drake May. My new thing is to go, why? You know, like, I'll never vote for that person. What about them don't you like? And if you if you got an answer, cool. But how many games of Drake May have they watched? During this process, how often have you gone back and, and looked at the sizzle reel, the lowlights? Uh, I don't know. But... This idea that he's just Sam Howe makes no sense to me.
4: I yeah, don't I get think, it. I think that's wrong. The only the only one of those three things I subscribe to, you heard my question, Aaron Taylor, is the last one. Now, full admission, I watched three North Carolina games and it wasn't as if I'm sitting there studying everything. The same way I watched North Carolina. You could go back right now, a couple though, years and watch ago.
5: all his throws in oh, most of his games. Sure. It's all out
4: there. Yeah. A, a couple of years ago, I watched uh, Sam Howell early on in the season and was really disappointed. Right? Because, remember, he was going to be a first-round pick, and then they struggled against Virginia Tech. And a bunch of things happened, right? So, I was going, okay. But uh, I, I think it was the Miami game where he was fine. Pretty prolific numbers in terms of touchdowns and yardage, but 17 out of 33 in that game. But isn't that the game where there were, like, four drops? i think have to I, go think, back there was, to I think there was a bunch of drops. But I, but I remember being, okay, I was pretty impressed. Then I was to- wholly and totally unimpressed watching him play Clemson and North Carolina State. That's my evaluation fault. Like, I, I, again, I am not a professional evaluator, nor should I be. It's left a bad taste in my mouth both of those games where I was really unimpressed. Now that doesn't that doesn't mean he's not a great prospect. It doesn't mean he's not worthy of the number two pick. I, I the way, I, the, way I, the way I phrased this was if Jaden Daniels didn't exist and you go they're taking Drake May at number two, I'm going hell yeah, dude, sign me right the hell up. I have a slight preference toward Jaden Daniels. I'm not sitting there telling you, I'm out on Drake May. Yeah. People that say they're out on Drake May, I, I think that's a little bit silly. Well, And I would say the same
5: thing to someone who's out on Jaden Daniels. I have things that concern me statistically. And if you want to bring numbers to the party and or you know real legitimate, like analytical information about Drake May, I am open to all of it. I want all the intel I can get to make the best decision possible. You and I feel differently about NC State. Because I go into that game knowing that this guy is leading the country in big-time throws, and he ran for 100 yards, including ripping off a 55-yard run. You came away from that game unimpressed? Cool. I didn't. I just watched a guy that I already know can throw the football, run for 105 yards, and rip off a 50-plus-yard touchdown run in that game. I mean, To me, that was not a coming-out party, but it was like the last time that you you finally stopped hearing, how how much can he move? How, how athletic, athletic is he? Is he? Yeah. Like he, he ran for 70 and 100 yards in the two games that you're talking about over those final two weeks. So, as a passer, yeah, it wasn't as prolific, maybe, but that was, you know, against decent, very solid defenses, you know, 170 rushing yards over, you know, 19 carries where they had him running a little more, you know, Sam Howell style. But I just think some of the, um, I, I don't know what it is or, or why him, but some of the discourse about him has trended more negative than like Jaden Daniels or Caleb Williams. And all these guys are going to have their warts and their flaws. There's no such thing as a perfect prospect. You heard Aaron Taylor say. Now, he surprised me when he said he thought if one guy becomes a Hall of Famer. It was May. It's Drake May. I did not see that coming, and I wouldn't even answer that. I don't know if his ceiling is higher than Williams is or Daniels is, for that matter. But he also said May may have the lowest floor. I could see him busting. I could see Daniels busting, Williams, all three of them. Of course. This is a complete crapshoot. We're going to have... Jason Wright on the show at 4, coming up in about 40 minutes. Got a lot of things to cover on the business front with the Commanders. They're spending a lot of money on FedEx Field and out at the facility. Uh, We'll talk to him about that. They don't have a name on the stadium anymore. We got to ask him about that. Uh, We'll get to all kinds of things. But a chance for you next to weigh in on this quarterback convo after what Aaron Taylor just said on the show. 800-636-1067 as we talk midway through the Combine. Where are you? On Williams, May, Daniels, the QB triumvirate at the top of this draft class. This is the fan.
6: From that
8: standpoint, I think we can also get distracted by shiny objects. And you throw the tape on, you're like, oh, my God, this this guy's going to be the next Lamar Jackson. It's going to look great, but he's got a much better and more accurate arm. You know, you can't miss on this kid. And that just doesn't necessarily translate, nor does it with Drake May. I I think – what's the best way to look at this? I think they're both players that have very high ceilings, but also potentially lower floors. You trust the athleticism and having a player get himself out of bad situations with that intangible, then you do a strong arm in bad decision-making. So the lesser of two evils from that standpoint, I'd happen to agree with you that Jaden Daniels is the better pick over Drake May because of the struggles that he showed consistently throughout this year and turning the football over. You can't win in the NFL turning the football over, and if May doesn't get that corrected, he's not going to be in the league very long.
5: That's Aaron Taylor, who we just had on the show to break down the college prospects. He said Daniel's a better pick at two, perhaps, than May, based on the film so far. Also said, though, sounded like he had Drake May maybe ranked second in terms of as a prospect. He did. Sounded to me, yeah. He even said that he's got the highest ceiling. You said which guy's most likely to be a superstar and make the Hall of Fame, and he included Caleb Williams in the three and still Uh said May. Uh, But we want to know what you guys are feeling about these top three quarterbacks. The backdrop of this conversation is obviously Dan Quinn on the Junkies today. Asked for some word association. He said, Sam Howell is tough. Drake May is athletic. Caleb Williams, D.C. From D.C., obviously. And when Jaden Daniels came up, he said, game changer. And we'll get to the MGM National Harbor listener lines in just a moment. 800-636-1067. 800-636-1067. By the way, no blitz in 30 minutes. We got Jason Wright, the president of the Commanders, coming on. So spread the word in the Commanders group text that you got with the buddies, especially if you're a season ticket holder. You got a question for us, hit us up at Grand H. Paulson at Funny Danny. All right, I want to play a little game really quickly. We'll go around the room to answer this here question, okay? The game is called, it's a guessing game. That's the game. Oh. It's called It's a Guessing Game. Oh, okay. I just came up with the name. How do you feel about it?
4: Uh, it's it's better than the nameless FedEx field. Speaking of games, right? has anyone seen
5: the game show The Floor? It's on like some primetime no. network channel. It's got Rob Lowe as the host. Mm-mm. I bumped into it last night. I need someone to like, hit me up on Instagram at Grant H. Paulson. I need someone to explain it to me. I saw the last 20 minutes and it made no sense. Okay. There was a girl who did not do anything for the entire show. She just stood there and waited to get picked, literally. There's like four people on islands. You you pick them one by one to compete against them in different categories. So this one donk for like 57 minutes last night just was beating all comers in trivia challenges. Movies, TV shows, food, fashion, whatever. In like 57 minutes, he's like 8-0 oh in these challenges. Okay. And then the girl who's been waiting for an hour to get called gets called in the last category and beats him, and she gets all the money. Seems like not a very good like setup. Bad setup there. But I don't know what I don't know. So I need someone to explain the game to me.
4: Quick side. It seems like to be a thing all of a sudden where people that I still think are pretty big stars just like host network game shows for a little while. That's a great gig. Like, it, it, like guys that were in movies like five minutes ago or TV shows, like pretty prominent. It's like Rob Lowe hosts one. Alec Baldwin was hosting a game show for a minute. Uh, on like, and like when networks are like, we're out of programming, let's try to do a game show based on a game show that used to exist. Who doesn't want to do that, though? I guess it's I mean, pretty that's a pretty sweet gig, right? It's a pretty awesome Dwayne job. Wade was doing one also, where somebody would take a roll of toilet paper. Rob Lowe
5: is not an A-list celebrity. No. He's in stuff, though. I mean, I mean he was... he He's was, the perfect level to be hosting
4: a game show. Well, he Which is fair. I mean, he's so handsome, but he was the, one of the leads on Parks and Rec, and then he was doing one of those like Chicago Fire Police, or whatever, one of those kind of shows where right. it's like slow motion, fire drama, Or rescuing people, nine one one, CSIs. Darius, can you bring back the
5: game show music? I got off track there. I apologize. The game is called... Guessing game. It's a guessing game. game. It's a guessing (laughs) game. It's a guessing game. game. Uh, All right. I will tell you how many big-time throws Drake May has had over the last two seasons. I'm going to give you that number. You're going to tell me how many big-time throws the second-place person since the 2020 draft has had. Does that make sense? So Drake May, okay. over his final two seasons in college football, 79 big-time throws. 79 in two years. Number two on the list, all the quarterbacks drafted in the first round since 2020. It's the Joe Burrow draft. What is the number two number behind Drake May, who's number one with 79 big-time throws? Ryan, we'll start with you. Ah. Who, uh, Jameis Winston? Okay, a couple of things. We're not guessing who has them. We're, we're not guessing uh, people. It's a guessing them. game. It's also right. since the Joe Burrow draft, which is well okay, after the Jameis true. Winston draft. I'm looking for a number. Darius is cracking up, by the way. I know. So what is the number of big-time throws that comes in second? Drake May at 79 is number one over a two-year span for a first-round pick. Over the last four drafts? I'm going to guess 49. 30 big-time throws lower than Drake May. Yes. All right.
4: Danny. So Let me see. So, this is going to be heavily slanted towards Drake May. That's why we're asking. It's not going to be someone who has more than Drake May. It's going to be a lot less. I said many times he's number one with 79. Yeah, he's number so. one by a lot, though. It can't just be like... If it was 79 to 78, that wouldn't be that exciting. You Wouldn't bring it up. Uh, I'm going to say... I'm going to say it's 56. 56? 56. Darius? Yeah, I'm thinking along the same lines of Danny where you wouldn't bring this up if it was like 79 to 69. Right.
3: 56 is a great number.
4: You said 49, Ryan. I'm going to go in
5: between. Let's go 52. 52 is a good number. Danny closest to the pin. 59. 59. Is number two on the list. 59. 20 more big time throws over his final two years of college than any other quarterback who's come out and gotten drafted in the first round over the last couple of years. That's a lot, man. That's a big lot of big-time throws. That is a ton of nasty arm talent on display. Let's go to Dre in Manassas on GND. What's up, Dre?
0: So the only problem with that is that I believe, boy, Allen has the most big-time throws in the NFL. Listen, I, this week, why why listen is that a you- problem? Well, I'm just saying, big-time throws doesn't necessarily equate to, like, you know, big-time wins and all that good stuff.
5: Are you, wait, are you, um, are you saying you wouldn't like to have Josh Allen, one of the
4: three
0: best quarterbacks in the league? I wouldn't like to have Josh Allen, but I'm just saying big-time throws is, is, you know, I'm more interested in, the, for example, um, Caleb Williams', is like, fumble record, like 33 fumbles or something like that. I, my whole take on what's going on right now with these three quarterbacks, I, I think maybe by the end of, you know, the pre— the end of what's going on right now in, in in Indianapolis, so perhaps these guys are going to drop. I look at these quarterbacks, and to me, there's so many glaring weaknesses. With May, uh, I'll ask you, um, Grant, because I know Logan Paulson wasn't enamored with his arm. He had a podcast a couple of weeks ago, and he was like, he wasn't really interested in make Drake May's arm. I think he kind of poo pooed it. Um, you look at Caleb Williams and his you thirty fumbles. You look at you know Jaden um, Daniels and his size. You know, I sometimes feel like, you know, everybody picks the quarterback because you have to pick a quarterback of the high pick, but I don't know. All these quarterbacks seem as though they would need to sit a year, and I don't know if as a Commanders fan, yes, we need a quarterback. I get it, but do we have a luxury to spend a high pick and then have this person, you know, sit a year? I don't think like they're sitting a right? year.
5: Nobody's sitting a year. Let's just start with that. That era is over. Those days are done. Nobody's doing that at the top of the draft. You want to sit someone a year, you got to trade back and take someone who's not as good or, or that coming out is not as High profile and doesn't have the prospects more down.
4: raw or something, yeah.
5: But yeah, if you take May, if you take Daniels, if you take Williams, doesn't matter, top three, those guys are starting week one and beyond. No I and mean, they have enough it.
4: college experience too. That's it's not like one year wonders. I know the the best year certainly for Daniels was his most recent year where he won the Heisman Trophy and put up video game numbers, but he has enough starting experience where you wouldn't feel like I've got to sit him for you know two seasons to make sure that he can understand the league. I'm gonna text Logan about that.
5: Can anyone confirm that Logan has said he's not impressed with Drake May's arm strength? That would because
4: it me. couldn't it couldn't be arm strength because the arm strength jumps I, off well, the that's page. That's my point. Yeah, maybe is, it's,
5: is he impressed with Justin Herbert's arm? Because well, it's the same thing. Well,
4: maybe it's maybe it's accuracy because that's the knock
5: I've heard. Yeah, that, plenty of people knock the accuracy for sure. I think that's overblown, um, but yes, that is reasonable. That's an easy thing to ding because all you got to do is just watch a game of any quarterback ever and you see them occasionally off target and you go accuracy. But the arm—I can't imagine anybody at any level ever suggesting that the arm strength isn't there. Jared's in Rockville. What's up, Jared? Hey,
7: boys. So let me preface this by saying I'm not out on anyone, and no one should be because we don't know anything. They know the things. We—we're
5: You know what? Here, here's the thing, Jared. No, they don't. Nobody knows them. I mean, this is a complete well, crapshoot. Teams are right like 35 percent of the time, if that. At picking quarterbacks, so nobody knows the things even them, and they have a lot more information.
7: Right. So let me let me let me say then they know better than we do. So we need to stop worrying about quarterbacks that can run. They can all run. All these quarterbacks are athletic these days. If you need someone to get the seven yards of the open field and running, they're all going to do it. Every quarterback in the NFL right now can do it. So. When they say Dayton Dan's a game-changer, fine, they can all be a game-changer. NFL, the longest rush from a quarterback this last year was like 35 yards. The long runs in the NFL for quarterbacks don't happen anymore, or at least the whole RG3 75-yard run. Like, we we got to stop using that highlight as, oh, this could be that. It doesn't necessarily happen very frequently. My biggest thing, and my two biggest things I want, number one, and this is a Eugene Chen thing, I want to know – who has the fastest throwing start to release of the ball. I don't want a Jason Campbell type that takes a solid half second for the ball to actually get out. I need someone who can get rid of it quickly. You're talking
5: not time to throw, but throwing motion, right? In other words, like Caleb Williams has a historically long time to throw. It's over three seconds. It's like insane because he runs around forever and he's Mm -hmm. off schedule incessantly. It's very rarely – three steps, plant, and throw. But you're
4: talking talking that Marino release, though.
5: Right. I think what he's saying is from the moment I start my throwing process, like think pitching windup, how quick to the plate are you? He wants the guy with the quickest release, which I think is significant. But, I mean, it's certainly not at the the top of my list necessarily. We're blitzing uh, generally at four. Not today. Jason Wright joins the show in 20 minutes. That's also when we're giving away tickets to go see three sheets to the wind They are America's number one tribute to Yacht Rock. That is at 4 o'clock coming up. Our double play next. What's going on in our lives? Nothing to do with sports. ...being done at FedEx Field as we speak. Commander's putting another $75 million into their facilities. We're going to ask Jason Wright about that coming up at the top of the hour. Also, after we had reached out to get him on the show, it turns out they're no longer FedEx Field. You know, their naming rights are changing for the moment. They don't have a sponsor for the stadium. We'll talk to him about that. Got to ask him about you know, a future stadium and what uh, is going on with that, as well as um, you know, all the pressing questions Uh, That we want to ask Jason Wright. That's at the top of the hour, 4 o'clock, 12 minutes away. Better be listening right here on Grant and Danny. It is time for our double play. What's going on in our lives? Nothing to do with
4: sports. Jeeps, I couldn't help but notice this. And it does relate to sports uh, with what you and I do here on the old uh, radio program. You're familiar with the uh, former Redskin for a season, and then he walked away after he had made the team. Uh, Sua Cravens, remember Sua Cravens? Of course. How could I forget Sue Cravens, who went on to no success at all in Denver, um, and I guess maybe he's out of football now. I'm not sure exactly what's going on. You sound salty. Well, Sue Cravens has a shoe. Sua Cravens has a shoe. He's like interested- he actually owns a shoe. He's well, it, well. I own shoes too, but I don't have a shoe. You see what I'm saying? So he has a shoe deal. Mm-mm. This is a shoe that Sua Cravens is releasing. Luxury shoe built for comfort. The Susie Sleepers, the Susie Sleepers. There are three Z's in Susie. There's a video that uh, among you know, Redskins video fan or whatever, uh, that's circulating where it's a bunch of highlights from him at USC. His Redskins highlight where he intercepted Eli Manning that time, which is a great play. They, they beat the Giants because of that pick. Hell of a play. Uh, and then at the Meadowlands, I remember it like yeah. it was yesterday. Then there really aren't. Other highlights there. But there's USC ones. Then there's some stuff where he's like critical of the team. Or who knows what they did or didn't do. I have no idea. I don't know who to believe. I don't care. Point is, he made the team and then quit on everybody. Screwed everyone over. Also during training camp, I believe. Right? Well, the right, like, it was after roster cutdowns. And then yeah, he, and he sent a text to his team, to his, his position group, like, I'm done. And they're like, ha, ha, ha. And he's like, nope, seriously. And then just walked away. Right. So, anyway, not a lot of sympathy from me towards him. But anyway, here's a shoe. It's the Suzy Comfort. Again, three Zs. And Suzy wants to ele- wants you to elevate your footwear game. Uh, crafted with precision and style. Suzy Sleepers bring a perfect blend of fashion-forward design and unmatched. There's no match to this level of comfort. Many things are comfortable. This is unmatched. It's unparalleled. There is no equal to level of comfort. Setting new standards in the world of footwear. Your previous standards, not good enough. This is a new standard set by Suzy's. Uh, footwear unparalleled craftsmanship at suzy's we believe in the art of craftsmanship many don't we do each pair of our shoes is meticulously crafted by skilled artisans using premium materials to ensure durability style and comfort Just assemble the team of artisans hanging out assembling these things on on his behalf i'm the most sure uh who says you have to sacrifice style for comfort who says that suzy's challenges this notion by offering a range of chic designs that seamlessly integrate with your active lifestyle. Whether you're at the golf range, running errands, or meeting friends for brunch, so versatile. Other shoes provide the perfect, oh, excuse me, our shoes, not other shoes. Our shoes provide the perfect balance of functionality and fashion, making every step a statement. Hmm. Susie's. That's a Uh, good catch. mm -hmm. A catchy line there. It it Uh, sure is. Every step's
5: a statement.
4: Every step's a statement. Susie's. I, I just hope he's doing well.
5: I, I'm rooting for him. I'm happy that he's found a passion and he
4: wants to sell some shoes. They didn't call the shoes uh, quitters. Now, my question for you is how much do you think those, that pair of shoes is going to run you? Do you know you the wanna, answer? I do. You want to buy a pair of Suzy's. What are you going to spend? $123. I just, actually, actually, a really good guess. Anybody else want to weigh in? What, what do you think? pair of Susie's Going to run you? I would guess $132. $132. Now, keep in mind, every step's a statement. No. I don't know if everyone's taking that into account. I want you to keep in mind, artisans <laughs> are hanging around making these shoes. All right, I'm going to go up. I'm going to say 147. Is there a parallel to the level of comfort? It's unparalleled. This is a new height. Who says 147? Who says you have to sacrifice style for comfort? Not Susie's. 149.99. 149.99. You're in yeah. for the guess. Yeah. I'm going to go. I'm going to go 169. Darius has a very appropriate guess, considering they're setting a new standard right. in the world of footwear. Of course. A new standard. Looking for $199.99. Ooh, that's that's going nice. to be plus shipping and handling there for Suzy's Sleepers. <laughs> Three Z's in Suzy's.
5: <laughs> I, I, I'm i glad he's he's the shoe guy. By the way. I guess. W- while we're talking about shoes, yeah. yesterday, the thing happened again where, like, everyone's, like, taking pictures of Dan Quinn's shoes and telling me he likes Jordans. I know I'm the weird one. That will never, like, I'm not a shoe guy. Everyone knows it. I have I have the same pair of shoes. Eventually, my wife is going to see that they're, like, fading really badly. It's starting to look bad, Or, yeah. like, the, the bottom's being worn out and my feet are starting to touch the ground. And she'll get me another pair of the exact same shoes. That's how this is going to go until well, I'm about 60.
4: Oh, wait until I send her this link right here. To Susie
5: Sleepers. Maybe my, that's my big Christmas present.
4: I was like, Allison, please set a new standard in the world of footwear for your husband. You should get all three of us Susie Sleepers for Christmas next year.
5: I'm not going to do that.
4: You should Respectfully. That. Respectfully.
5: But there is not a measure. I don't know. Like, I, It always sounds like I'm being mean. I'm not. Everyone's just doing their job. Mm-hmm. A guy's just wearing shoes. It's it's your job to help us learn about the guy. I don't. I just can't scroll fast enough to get past the, you know, he likes this kind of shit, whether it's Jordan's or something else. He's got 32 pairs. I hate that. Whatever that shoe culture, Mm. it's an NBA TV show with Rachel Nichols. But first, we're going to ask you about what you're wearing tonight. I wish that would go away so fast and so badly.
4: Now, I just, I'm with you, but just real quick. I I want you to describe what you're seeing. In this one photo for the series, is this more Susie? Yeah, I can't stop looking at this. Look at that. What do you see there? It's a very tall shoe. It's a shoe. It's a picture of a hand holding up the shoe. Right. So, like, in other words, instead of spending on like fancy scenery and like <laughs> highlighting the shoe, it's a dude's hand That's holding true. up the shoe, like, and then with the <laughs> cell phone, you know, six to eight inches away, taking a picture with his. I don't think that's a cell phone. Picture. I think it's exactly what it is. I think it's a left hand holding the shoe. Right hand takes a picture unparalleled. $200. Set, setting a new standard in footwear for $200. Jason Wright. He probably has some nice pairs of shoes that
5: he likes to wear. Any Susies? We will not ask him about his shoe game, I can assure you. There are other things we've got to tend to, though, with the president of the Commanders. Yesterday, we had the guy on who ran the football ops. Today, the business side of the building. Jason Wright joins us. Top of the hour next on The Fan. Live on The Fan, D.C., Richmond. We're Grant and Danny. Thank you for making the show part of your day. Always means a lot. Caller number 10 at 800-636-1067. Congrats. You're winning a pair of tickets to see the Sheets to the Win. America's number one tribute to Yacht Rock, Friday, March 1st, Capital One Hall. Three Sheets to the Win pays authentic tribute to Yacht Rock classics from the 70s and 80s. Undoubtedly, the smoothest music ever created by mankind. Let's go to the BetQL guest hotline. Yesterday, we talked to the guy running the entire football operation for the Commander's Adam Peters, the new GM. Today, the gentleman responsible for running the entire business side of the building. Team president, Jason Wright, kind enough to join us on Grant and Danny. Jason, are you a Yacht Rock guy? I'm sorry, we can't give you those tickets.
4: The
2: rules. But are you into you, Yacht Rock? You know, I do not own a pair of boat shoes, so <laughs> I might I might be on the outside of this one. But I appreciate it from an art perspective.
4: <laughs> Very diplomatic, well, sir. What a nice way <laughs> to right. say...
5: Nah, that's not for me, That's dog. not me.
4: <laughs> <laughs> that ain't it. Yeah, yeah. that ain't it. <laughs> so it it's, looks like some money's going to be spent at FedEx. Are you doing like a Brewster's Millions bid over there where you just got to get rid of it? What are you, what are you guys going to do?
2: <laughs> no, we're excited. We have this ownership group ready. It's just been ready to invest. I mean, they said that from the beginning, right? If you think back to the opening press conference that um, they were ready to invest in the fans and, and to simply do what's right, you know? Um, so a lot of this investment... Is going to go into very unsexy things that are fixing things like HVAC and plumbing and and bathroom maintenance and things like that uh, that need to happen. Um, And there's not a reason to do that except it's the right thing to do by the fans, and that's just how Josh and these guys operate. And then there is some cool stuff that will come from it too. You know, uh, the VIP Tunnel Club where you can have drinks, food with your friends and family, create memories as you're watching the players walk out behind, like, a glass partition, um, that'll be a dope experience down on the on, on the field level. And taking a whole part of our stadium that used to be our offices where my business staff sat uh, uh, sat before and turning that into a chic um, upscale club area called the 1932 Club, that's um, going to be an amazing experience for folks. They're investing. And um, it's an exciting moment uh, to have an ownership group that's going to put the money in like that.
5: Yeah, they started doing that last year. I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think they announced like, $40 million that they spent last offseason, now the $75 million more this offseason. I'm curious, there was talk about, like, it, it was happening in stages, right, Jason? So, uh, I go to every home game. I know one of the issues a lot of fans had prior to last year was the actual audio in the stadium from a PA standpoint. Yep. And that got better in areas. But I remember when talking to someone, you know, everyone in the stadium didn't necessarily start to – feel that it had been fixed, but, like, there were there were stages coming. Where are you in, in that? And just give us an idea of, like, the, uh, the to-do list here.
2: Yeah, I'll get into, like, some of the details on some of the stuff that I think the everyday fan cares about, right? Because not everybody's going to get to the Tunnel Club and not everybody's going to get to the 1932 Club, and I recognize that. But, uh, you know, some of the stuff, like you said, on sound, we did half of it last year. We did as much as we could squeeze in last year. The upper deck still continued to have issues around sound and consistency. That stuff will get done this year. Um, and that'll be in place. Uh, one of the biggest things that I think was not only an indicator of like an experience that was challenging, but also just the kind of values we want to share and the way that we want to show up as an organization was like the torn seat covers and the broken seats that existed throughout the stadium. Because of its age, um, just because of um, you know, the past lives of some of these things and how long they last, we are systematically going to fix all of those. So all the seat covers should be fixed. If you're one of those season ticket members that has one of those shredded seat covers or something like that, we're probably aware of it, but it doesn't hurt to say hi to your rep and let them know because we're fixing all those heading into this season. And those are the little things that show you care, that show you value uh, the fan. And these are things that we wanna start to do now um, so that we can build trust with the fans and that when we go into a future state-of-the-art venue, they know we're gonna do right by them then too.
4: Jason Wright with us here on Grant and Danny. Jason, one of the things we hear from from a lot of fans is the logistics and process of getting in. That's everything from yeah. traffic to parking to you know, hey, it's oh good, it's twelve forty eight. I got to go get to my seat, and then maybe it's taking longer than they would like. I know you've addressed that a little bit in the past, but uh, were you guys on that process, and and what can fans expect?
2: Great question. We we took a nice step last year in reducing the time in and out by thirty minutes, and. Shout out to Prince George's County and Governor Moore and uh, the state of Maryland, as well as the federal government, for helping us get highway logistics and street logistics and street lights to a place where we could reduce that uh, in-and-out time by 30 minutes. But there's more we can do. Still not the most pleasant experience getting in-and-out. And And so uh, two things that will help. One, we're simplifying the parking lot uh, structure and approach where it's going to be easier to find your lot. Less of that, you get all the way in and have to get turned around and go. It's happened to me before, actually. <laughs> you get in, you don't have the right pass, you get turned around, and it takes you another hour to get to where you need to go. Like, that stuff we're eliminating um, by simplifying the parking structure and color-coding system. And then we're using different technology for security as you come in. Um, it should be much more pass-through, um, like some of the more efficient airports you've seen around the country. It should be a, a very quick security process where things get held up before um that's the kind of stuff that we're doing again it's unsexy it's in the weeds but those are the things when you're trying to go hang out with your family or your boys or your work colleagues and you don't want to think about the experience you just want to be having the experience these are the things that matter
5: jason wright is with us on grant danny the president of the commanders um the unsexy works right i mean you know you, you that that's not a bad nickname for FedEx Field in a lot of ways. Now that it does, for now it doesn't have a name, unsexy field, which we'll get to in a second. Having said that, though, Jason, you guys are working. I mean, you're spending money. I, I this is a meaner way for you won't say this, but I will you're you're putting lipstick on this thing as best you can, right? But I'm curious about the philosophy. Like when I was selling my townhouse, you would not have wanted it. It was very small and it wasn't particularly good. But I was selling my townhouse, and my realtor who was my cousin. Said you got to buy new appliances. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to use them. And he's like, but you you need to. I just couldn't think about, I'm going to spend all this money on this thing. I'm going to be out of soon. What is the paradigm of you guys are desperately looking around trying to get out of there, but you still have a couple more or maybe more seasons there? It's like the the actual mindset of the work that needs to be put in when you're not going to be there long term, hopefully.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think if you, using your townhouse analogy, if every day you were hosting your most cherished friends and family, you'd invest in it and be putting the money towards the future. Yes, it would be more expensive, but these are people you deeply care about, um, and it'd be the right thing to do to get your place in order, make sure the bathrooms are working right, upgrade the kitchen so there's enough seating for everybody to be there, maybe swap out the TVs. You don't have the big tube box, and you can actually have something that people can watch without... Having to move it with six people. You do some of that stuff because you care about those folks and it's the right thing to do by people you care about. Well, say I would think about these it, investments.
5: Yeah, I, th- I think that makes sense. I think the first time we had you on, the stadium was already kind of a twinkle in everybody's eye in terms of a new stadium. But at mm-hmm. that time, I remember thinking when the lease is up in 27, in 28, I'm going to be waddling through the parking lot over at RFK or wherever to the new stadium. It seems like that ship is sailed. Like, there's no way at this point you guys are are out of FedEx at the end of the 27 season, right? There's going to be more time there.
2: Yeah, I always avoid talking about timelines. It's not helpful for any, uh, any part of the process of getting to that new venue. But, yeah, it's going to take a little longer than that. Uh, and the good thing is we have a home in Prince George's where um, we – own the land, and the lease is just our commitment to be there through the fall of 27. We can stay there longer so sure we need to, and, and I think that's how um, uh, it's actually beneficial to us to make sure that we are finding the right next home, um, where we can be the exact perfect partner for one or more jurisdictions um, on an economic development project that should change outcomes for the region for the next 30 to 40 years, and um, allowing that process to take its time while moving fast. Um, is exactly what we'll be doing.
4: Jason, I was surprised to see uh, the news about FedEx um, sort of opting out early because it's that's not where the momentum is right now. It seems like folks want to be in business, understandably, uh, with you guys and this new ownership group and, and all the momentum and where that's heading. A, did that kind of catch you guys off guard? And, and where does that stand in terms of naming rights for the stadium?
2: No, not a surprise for us. I think for some time FedEx business model has shifted and they've been really good partners to us to stick with us through a time period where it didn't make as much sense for their business model. And they're actually sticking with us as partners even beyond this, just not as naming rights partners. So it's actually a great moment um, for them to get better in line with what they needed to do for their business and for us to be in the market because things are at an all-time high for us um, or an all-time recent high for us. Um, and that there's, this is a great opportunity um, given the growth of the business of the last year, largest attendance growth. We led the league in new sponsorship business last year. We led the league in new suite sales last year. The excitement on the football side, more importantly, around a world-class general manager, a coach who's an amazing leader of men and people and an attractor of talent, and uh, substantial draft capital and cap space this is the right moment for us to be in the market. And so FedEx exiting now to be better in line with their business model and us being in the market at a peak moment for us is exciting and great and actually great for them to do as a business partner to us.
5: So is it a possibility that you guys this season would not have a name on the stadium? Or do you anticipate that you're going to have a new sponsorship before the start of the year?
2: Our goal is to have somebody by the start of the year. But just like it is with any major decision, and this is what I appreciate about Josh and this ownership group, the right answer is better than the fastest route or the most expedient answer. And uh, we're going to look for the right partner, um, the right strategic fit for the near term and the long term. Because as you guys already alluded to, there is a state-of-the-art venue coming uh, to this region. And while it's not in the next couple years, it's not decades off either. It's not a decade off either um, it is it is still soon and we want a partner that can be our partner now and lead us and guide us and be alongside us as we make a historic transition for this business into a new venue
5: oh so the, the, I that's interesting so then like if, if uh, the company buys the naming rights now it would potentially be the name of the new stadium as well
2: there's all sorts of versions of a deal that could be on the table but anybody that we're bringing in as partners now, we are talking to them about how they help us transition into that new phase. So whether they're the name on the new stadium or not, they'll be a part of that. A major part of that is our desire. And we got to find people that um, find companies and individuals that, that fit that mold.
4: Jason, how, th- how have things changed for you? And I guess what I mean is it felt like to me outside looking in is that you basically had to run from like raging fire to raging fire putting it out with a super high-powered hose, and then another fire would catch, maybe the same fire would recatch and whatever else, it now seems like you can actually, like, do a job. Just what's the difference, like, in ownership groups? And and, and for you, what's changed?
2: Uh, yeah, definitely the pace of my work has uh, changed in some ways. In some cases, it is a more normal day-to-day cadence. and other places, it's picked up because Josh and this group have high expectations. And um, the uh, the pace of uh, of business has increased in many ways. Um, but, yes, we are able to run the business in an environment where um, we get a good assumption of good intent, <laughs> where there's trust across the area, um, and it, it does feel nice to be operating in that environment.
5: Jason, there's no doubt that being on a stadium, you know, you get the standalone Monday, Sunday, Thursday game, whatever – and your name's right there, and everybody's looking at it when they walk in. Like, the NFL's king. The TV numbers are out of control. We all get that. And I, I hope this isn't a disrespectful question. But do you worry at all because of the, the uh, reputation of FedEx Field as a stadium that it's going to be hard to find a partner?
2: No, not one bit. Um, I think, one, the investment that's being made is a credible signal of what the experience uh, at what is now Commander's field, um, for the time being, will be like for now and for the foreseeable future. but also this is just an inherently valuable market. This is the nation, the seat of the nation's capital. It is the most diverse fan base in the NFL. It is the most loyal fan base in the NFL at a time when that team is in a resurgence, uh, most importantly on the field, but also in the business itself. and So if you are a brand or marketing professional or the head of a company that has interest in the D.C. area, which I would argue everyone and their mother has (laughs) because uh, business flows through this city um, irrespective of industry, then it is an absolutely exciting experience. And we've had great conversations already. There's no shortage of interest in this. And we've got external help helping us because as you said, we have a lot to do already on our own, so we have um, external folks helping us to do this naming rights approach. It's a firm called Elevate, um, and uh, it's going really great so far.
5: So for right now, we're going with Commanders Field, like as the as the middle. Yep. Okay, because we were going to suggest. I don't know. Are you familiar with the uh, the movie from back in the day? I think this is from I'm Gonna Get You, Sucker. I don't know if you
2: remember. Okay, let's go. It's about to be some nonsense. Go ahead. I was like, what, I was like what is, Where is Grant going so, with this, Jason? Fall this, fall is not, this is not. This is not approved <laughs> no. You don't know about
5: this. But I think okay. you're gonna like it. Do you remember the scene I love in that movie where Chris Rock's like, "How much for a rib?" And the guys like, "One rib." Yeah. "One rib." Yeah. And one the guys rib. like, "I'm not giving you my ribs." And he's like, "One rib." And the guys like, "No, I'm not giving you a rib." And he's like, "How much for, you know, like one soda?" And then he's like, "What Put about in my hand?" For yeah. a little bit of soda, <laughs> you know, like, "I was thinking we could me and Danny could give you like 26 bucks between us, between the two of us." And then now, I'm not going to go crazy and say like week one. But just until you have a sponsor, it's Grant and Danny Field. So whenever you talk about it, it's Grant and Danny Field, or it could even be Commander Stadium sponsored by Grant and Danny Field, or however you want to do it. But just until you get a new sponsor, that's all. I'm... How much for one? You know what, I might I, here, I'll
2: make here. I might make a deal with you on that one. Yeah. Um, if if it's called Danny loves the name Commanders Field, it's <laughs> a great
5: tip. <laughs> tip <laughs> of the cap. Hey, how about Danny? goes left hand up. Oh, easy.
4: (laughs) What about like once the, once the real sponsor comes in, Grant and I just are bumped down to like a yard line. Like the 17 yard line is the Grant and Danny yard line.
2: The
7: commanders are in the Grant and Danny
2: red zone. Sponsor a blade of grass
7: or a nut and bolt somewhere that's in the stadium. Probably we can
2: discuss. afford. Happy to discuss.
7: Yeah,
4: That is our price range. How
2: much
5: for one? You know I love that scene. One, one blade of so grass.
4: It's it's a, I didn't know, first of all, I didn't know you know that. Second of all, it's a great scene. Uh, Jason, one serious one. You may have noticed as, a, as a, a gentleman that's pretty plugged in that a couple of teams might be leaving the district. Uh, Ted Leonson's mm-hmm. Monumental Sports may be headed to Virginia with a, with a deal. Uh, how does that affect you guys? Is that something I'm sure you took note of?
2: I certainly took note of it, um, and I think it's, it's evidence that there is just so many opportunities in the region for economic growth and development, and Monumental is in the process of their own decision, um, and we're trying to figure out um, an understanding of exactly what each jurisdiction is trying to do economically, the district, state of Maryland, Commonwealth of Virginia, um, and our process is separate and distinct from that, um, but it's helpful to see and watch how other people are navigating it to be sure. Um, But, you know, as we've always said, um, we see it as our job to be a good partner in an economic development project that will last 30, 40, 50 years um, of impact on the region. And um, it's these great leaders across these various jurisdictions that are going to lead the way on that. And we will just simply play our role. And I'm sure that's what Monumental is trying to do as well.
5: Jason Wright on Grant and Danny here on the fan. You joked with Danny about his love for the name. And his his passion mm-hmm. for all things mm-hmm. commanders.
4: This is awkward. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He,
5: he started uh you know doing the thing where he's pulling down on his collar a little bit.
4: Doing a little danger field <laughs> bit there.
5: <laughs> yeah. uh, honest question. If they were to change the name, again, would you feel like slighted? I mean, you helped, you were the in a lot of ways like the the front man on commanders. If they change the name again in the next couple of years, Jason Wright's reaction is?
2: The same as it would be with anybody else. It's the right thing to do if it's the right thing to do at that time, but it's not a priority right now. I go back to what Josh has said, and we've got a lot of work to do on a million other things, but you know, these guys make the right decisions. And so, uh, so if they know, come to you I, I and they take, go, "Hey, we really anything, think," I don't take anything personal whatsoever. If, if they
5: came to you and they're like, "Hey, there's a couple more Dany's than we thought there <laughs> would be," you know, we might want to do this. You wouldn't stand on the table and go, "Guys, we we just did this. This is gonna we work. We just did it. Give us more time." I'm telling you, this this name's awesome. Like you, you're not, you're not standing on the table.
2: No, these guys don't come with stuff on a whim. They're fact based. They're methodical. I think the description of rapid but thorough is probably just a great description of Josh and this ownership group. Period. And so, any decision, whether it is where our new home is going to be, how we're constructing the football roster, or the name and branding of the team, it's gonna, it's not going to come out of uh, a clear blue. And so, there's no need to defend or posture or um, uh, or, or otherwise. You execute a program that is in line with what's best and that the facts support and we're just not on that yet fact base isn't collected on that because we have so many other priorities to, to accomplish do
5: you see and feel i don't know what your metrics are how you would even do this positive momentum like there's growth and the whatever number of people initially liked it or didn't that number's growing
2: no our focus is on the business itself gotcha. um and the business has grown substantially um but also there is, there is positive movement there, which you would expect even um, in general. Um, merchandise growth has gone way up um, as part of our revenue growth. Um, but, again, it's not a focus right now. So even detailed measurement in the same way that I measure the business, which is our real focus right now, and the detailed way we're in the weeds on a potential new venue project, um, they're certainly not there on the name. It's just not a priority in that way. So, Jason, on our end of
4: things, there is tremendous amounts of excitement for you know a new GM, new coach, obviously the ownership group, et cetera. It's palpable. It's, it's obvious. There, there's enthusiasm. How does that translate for you guys? You already mentioned some of the, the revenue growth, and I guess that's obvious. But maybe in other ways, as it sort of affects what you guys do day to day, how does that sort of cross over from excitement for football into where you guys are?
2: It's huge for us. Um, the excitement around Adam's hiring, the excitement around DQ's hiring, and and equally the the rapid way in which DQ is able to uh, attract a world-class staff (laughs) um, has created excitement in the fans and that creates excitement for the business you know we are pacing ahead of all of our uh, sales metrics for uh, ticketing for next year which is wonderful um you know it's a credit to our team that we've that we've built here uh, but it's also a credit to our fans and the genuine momentum that exists on the football side Ultimately, it all has to translate into winning. We all know that. They know that. We know that. And that's what's really going to cause everything to come rushing back. But, man, we're in a good place. And um, I'm really happy to being partnered with those guys.
5: There's probably nothing that could have been done that invigorate the fan base more than the ownership change. A new GM is a huge deal. A new coach, huge deal. You know what really helps business for football ops? is drafting a quarterback at number two overall. Oh, is that
2: right? Just, just saying.
5: <laughs> just throwing that out there, Jason. Hmm.
2: You know, I have as much influence as you do on that. So I'll sit right here with you and a time, all day long. But actually, in fact, I'm probably paying even less attention to it than you are because I got other things to worry about.
5: We're paying all of the attention to it. So much attention, Jason. Whatever the most attention is to it, up that by a little bit. That's how much we're paying attention to it.
2: Either way, no matter what we do in the draft, I have confidence that these guys are going to be methodical and make good decisions. It's not going to be finger in the wind or knee-jerk reaction or what was the last headline or how did I like that guy's energy. That's not not how they're going to approach it, which gives me a ton of confidence. And whomever it is, me and my team are going to sell the hell out of it.
5: It's just a little easier to sell a quarterback than a guard. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. (laughs)
2: It, it is indeed. It is indeed. But what's ultimately easiest to sell is a championship team. And if they create that by trading back several times and building a roster of people that grow into pro bowlers or go with a, a second overall pick quarterback that turns into the stalwart of an organization for the next 15 years, I'm good either way.
4: And no yacht picks. Jason, thank you as always, buddy. Really appreciate it.
5: Yeah, no problem. Good catching up with Jason Wright. He got his zing in there. Oh, yeah. On, on you and the commander. I didn't, I didn't see it coming I, either. Off the top
4: rope. Walked right in. It, you, ever, you ever played laser tag? Good for him. You ever played laser tag and you come around a corner, you don't know someone's <laughs> right there. He's just pointed right out. at my chest.
7: Laser. Pointer. Mm, just photon me. His
4: moment. Oh, it hit me hard. He had that one ready to go. Was not ready for it. Jason Advantage Wright
5: On Grant and Danny uh, here on the fan. Well played. I want to talk about some of what we just got through with him in terms of um, the name, the, the stadium. Wanted to hit those primary things. We'll do that next on The Fan.
6: Yeah, I always avoid
2: talking about timeline. It's not helpful for any, um, any part of the process of getting to that new venue, but yeah, it's gonna take a little longer than that. Uh, and the good thing is we have a home in Prince George's where um, we own the land and the lease is just our commitment to be there through the fall of 27. We can stay there longer, so we need to. And, and I think that's how um, uh, it's actually beneficial to us to make sure that we are finding the right next home. Um, where we can be the exact perfect partner for one or more jurisdictions um, on an economic development project that should change outcomes for the region for the next 30 to 40 years. And um, allowing that process to take its time while moving fast um, is exactly what we will be doing.
5: Look, I think it's at this point all but expected in a foregone conclusion. It takes a while to build a stadium. We're talking in February of 2024. The lease is up in 2027. The math doesn't quite work to try to open a new stadium the following season. But I don't know that he said that publicly, and and it's good to get that on the record. Jason Wright, preparing fans, and now you know, beyond what we were originally expecting. So this coming football season, 2024, 2025, 2026, and 2027, probably another year after Mm -hmm. that at the new stadium or if you're at the uh, FedEx field before you're at the new stadium. And obviously there's a lot to be determined. They, they don't have the site yet. Then you've got to strike the deal, figure out what you're doing and how you're building it. But he went on record today to say, it sounds like they're going to be at FedEx field beyond that
4: lease. So I, I understand all the logistics and I, I get that. I still feel the way I felt a couple of years ago when we had these kind of conversations, when everybody was Stonewall and Dan Snyder, which ultimately to me was really the beginning of the end was once Virginia was like now nah, we're not doing business with you and everything dried up and the investigation started in earnest and the lawsuits happened and the you know the the ship just kind of kept slowly sinking for Snyder he had to get out i said it's a disaster being there longer than you have to is disastrous now they'll recover cuz this ownership group is good and they know what they're doing and they're building something but what a what a missed opportunity to be able to I understand their understand how we got here i'm not blaming any one person but Think about how exciting it would be if New Ownership Group takes over beginning of 2023. First head coach, first general manager, announcement for a brand new stadium. Get your personal seat license now. It's going to be in this at this Taj Mahal, at this spot. We're going to break ground. All this momentum would be so awesome. It's now like, yeah, we'll do it at some point. It'll be fun when it happens. But we're still now looking at, what, four more seasons? Maybe more at at that place that's awful? that nobody has any happy memories at, or maybe save a couple. I just, I don't know. Again, it's no no one's fault specifically. I don't blame anybody, or Jason Wright certainly, or or any of these other guys that are are trying to get this done. But it's just, it's a sinking feeling, knowing that they're still going to be there.
5: So Ryan just looked up how long it took to build Allegiant Stadium in Vegas, which I think is a nice model for maybe something like what you want to do at RFK Stadium, perhaps. I haven't really checked out the space, but I think the footprint probably plays. Mm -hmm. I know when the Commander's Brass went out there in December a couple years ago, they were blown away and impressed, really, by the layout and the stadium itself. They want to have a retractable roof and the ability to have indoor games here, for sure. That was a a three-and-a-half-year project in terms of just the build. Uh, Now, SoFi, which was a $5 billion brand new stadium, that was a four-year build. I don't think you need that long. That's, to me, probably a record. That's about as long as it should take. Nothing happens overnight, but a Legion at three and a half years seems much more practical to me. I don't know about you, Danny. So if they were to start building, as an example, this time next year or sometime next offseason, and you forecast out three years from that is then the the offseason of the 2028 season, another half year is into the, Know the 2028 football season. The earliest you would think that they would open then is 2029, maybe 2030. God. So I, based on that math, think that they, you know, all we've ever heard is that the lease expires at FedEx Field in 2027. I don't know if that means January first, 2027, or no. At some point, it's like in the middle of October. They're like, okay, you guys got to go late in that season. But my guess is. They will be there for the 2028 season, and the 2029 season is up in the air. The earliest they could get in would be 2029. That's at least one year, maybe two more years at FedEx Field, and just to have it be round, maybe 2030 is year one then, which is still six years from right now in the brand-new Taj Mahal state-of-the-art joint, hopefully at RFK Stadium. That's
4: awful. You know what I mean? Like it's not great. That's terrible. I, I said this years ago. I think I think it was 2019 when I first was kind of going, we need to sound the alarms. If they're stuck at this place, this fan base is eroding. This is bad. Now, that they're coming back because again, the Harris Ownership Group is here and there are reasons to be excited that are legitimate, not just the stupid fool's gold of the of the normal offseason. But this is just. It's it's deflating to face the reality. Again, I, I'm not ripping Jason or anybody. I'm just saying, just facing that fact that you're talking about laying out the information, I'm going, that's a that's really
5: bad. Yeah, I mean, if you're a season ticket holder or you know just any fan who's excited about the stadium, that's oh. a little bit of a kick in the teeth for
4: sure. I mean, I'll be 50.
5: I'll
4: be 50 years old. <laughs> that's, that's a show. You know what I mean? Like, cool. Wow, I'll be 40. Right. That's so old. Not great,
5: Bob. What are we doing here?
4: What are we doing? That
5: is a long ways off. I hope I'm still alive. That's how long away it feels. I hope I'm still around then. Uh, That's why I brought up the question I did, though. Mm -hmm. That's why they're investing what they are. A, it's the right thing to do, as Jason said, but you really don't have a choice. I mean, The stadium, to their credit, less so now. And I wanted to bring up to him, and I forgot. They did a great job with the field. Whatever they did the last couple of years... It seems like that one of the biggest issues that we've had organizationally as a fan base in terms of reputation in the entire league over the last decade has been the playing surface was a disaster. And I got to a point where I was livid. And I'm like, stop having concerts, stop having soccer games, stop having college football games. Enough, Dan, trying to make your money. And and the, the field stinks. Well, I don't even mind that they do it now because they seem to have proven the last couple of years, whatever they did to fix the drainage or the I'm not a agriculturalist. Yeah, I, don't I, I don't know how it works, but they have gotten to the bottom of the field. Now, if it becomes an issue again, we can talk about it. But for right now, it seems like they actually fixed that problem. But they have spent money, and I think if you're going to be there through potentially 2029 20, or whatever, but at least five more seasons, five or six more seasons, maybe six. You you don't have a choice. You, you want. Pipes opening. You want gates falling. You just have to keep dumping money into this pit of of grossness. That's right. This lipstick that they're trying to put on a pig. And I can walk and chew gum. Like, I give them all the credit. Mm -hmm. I think they're trying. There's only so much that can be done. It's just not a good place. It's not going to be a good place. And by the way, that's not even Dan's fault. You know, FedEx Field... Fell apart largely because of Dan and Bruce and whoever on the business side just allowed it to. Mm -hmm. You didn't take care of your home like the neighbor who you're always calling HOA on. The other league's team should have called HOA on them and been like, hey, they're not cutting their grass. They're not doing what they're supposed to do, guys. (laughs) But Kent Cook built that stadium Mm -hmm. as fast as possible. Like, let's race. Let's just throw some seats and concrete together and have a stadium. And it just wasn't built to be a sustainably great stadium. I think we now know that. Uh, this was Jason Wright when asked about... Uh, let's play it next when we come back. Eight hundred six three six one zero six seven. if you want to react to anything Jason said. Or the convo we're having now where it's very possible that Commanders could be at FedEx Field you know, even a year or two longer than a lot of people were hoping. But you'll hear what he had to say about why they feel like they need to continue to invest in a stadium they're not going to be in for the long term, as well as what he said about the possibility of the name Changing again. What if the commanders were not the commanders, but something different? And according to some, something better. Next on GD.
2: I think if you using your townhouse analogy, if every day you were hosting your most cherished friends and family, you'd invest in it and be putting the money towards the future. Yes, it would be more expensive, but these are people you deeply care about um, and it'd be the right thing to do to get your place in order, make sure the bathrooms are working right, upgrade the kitchen so there's enough seating for everybody to be there, maybe swap out the TVs. You don't have the big tube box and you can actually have something that people can watch without having to move it with six people. You do some of that stuff because you care about those folks, and it's the right thing to do by people you care about. That's the way I would think about these investments.
5: Jason Wright joined us. Commanders dropping 75 mil, this new ownership group, to try to improve FedEx field and the fan experience. A couple of things that I think our listeners care a lot about that we discussed were the future of a new stadium, which we'll get into. and the name and whether or not it's here to stay would jason Wright, who i think is viewed as kind of the face of the commander's name he was at the controls and and led the push of the you know after we decided around here that the name was changing nothing anyone could do about it what happens next jason Wright was on the scene and they went with commanders i asked if ownership comes to you and says they're changing the name how would you respond would you fight to keep the name
2: the same as it would be with anybody else. It's the right thing to do if it's the right thing to do at that time, but it's not a priority right now. I go back to what Josh has said, and we've got a lot of work to do on a million other things, but, you know, these guys make the right decisions.
5: We're going to do a little bit of what we did with Dan Quinn Mm -hmm. earlier today when you have to read between the lines, Mm -hmm. dissect what we heard. I think it would have been really easy, and my expectation would have been that Jason Wright, who led the move to the name Commanders, comes on our show and goes, there's no reason to change the name. People like the name. What we see is that people are continuing to fall more and more in love with the name, and over time, it's going to be very popular. Any name you go to initially, and all the stuff that they said early on. sure Essentially, we don't need to talk about changing the name. We don't need to do that. Now, he, he did acknowledge it's not on the table or, or it's not a priority right priority, now. Priority, yeah. But the the reason I asked that question is, would you fight to keep the name? Essentially, no. Like He's like, I would respond like anyone else. His point was not, I'm the guy that gave you the name Commanders. I'm just another guy, and if they want to change the name,
4: okay, what's yeah, the new it's name? It's their prerogative. They can do a name a day. As, you know, and he serves at the, chair, at the pleasure of the chair of the board. To me, that's thing.
5: pretty telling. This was not a further sell of Commanders. It's a, hey, we're... We're not doing that today. We're not doing that right now. Would you fight to keep the name? He said a lot of words, but the answer was basically no. Mm-hmm. I'll, if they think we should change the name, we'll change the name.
4: Yeah. So I, I think that matters. I think it's instructive. In other words, it's not a it's not a denial. It's not a dude. That's not even on the table. We're not doing that. Everybody loves the name. You guys are just just. It's just Danny's crazy, basically. Which you could do and have fun. It's a. We've got other stuff we have to worry about. We'll we'll decide that in the future. Now, if you're, if you're, to me, if it's one of those things, if you're, if it's on the table to decide, it means you've already decided. That's my own little personal bias. Meaning we're, uh, you know, we're not doing that this second. But when we put that on the table, it's likely to, to end up in a result. If that makes any sense. Like if it's, it's a, if if it's a non-starter, you'd end up saying that. I think.
5: Peter King.
4: Peter King's going to be on the show today at
5: six o'clock. Uh, he. Said this week that he has written his final column. He will be signing off as one of the legends covering the NFL. Looking forward to talking to him in about an hour and 10 minutes. Uh, I will say that it's a pretty good time to be the president of this team. Seems like he's weathered the storm of what was some early growing pains. A lot of the issues we covered on the show, Sean Taylor tributes and otherwise. You've got an ownership change coming in here. And who knows what his expectation was or what he thought. But with Josh Harris and Mitchell Rails and Magic Johnson and that whole crew, they might bring in their own people. But seems like his nose is to the grindstone. And, you know, for now, he seems like they're doing good business. And how could they not be? Yeah. You got a new owner, a new GM, a new head coach, and you're going to have a quarterback probably at number two overall. That's a, as bad as it is to be a team owner when Dan Snyder, a team president, I mm-hmm. should say, when Dan Snyder's your owner and you have a terrible stadium and a terrible facility. The flip side of that is new owner, GM, head coach, quarterback at two. You might as well just print money and print tickets.
4: Make your best sales pitch to me. Dan Snyder's gone and everyone here is new. Sold. I'm like to give you millions of dollars. You know what I mean? Like, now's a good time to be in business, I would say. Pretty simple. Another thing that uh, we talked about with
5: him was the possibility of the new stadium and how much the Wizards and the Capitals moving across the river to Virginia is going to be a factor in terms of them being able to either move to Virginia or possibly have Virginia fight with Maryland or D.C. for the team?
2: I certainly took note of it. Um, and I think it's, it's evidence that there's just so many opportunities in the region for economic growth and development, and Monumental is in the process of their own decision. Um, and we're trying to figure out um, an understanding of exactly what each jurisdiction is trying to do economically, the district, state of Maryland, Commonwealth of Virginia, Um, And our process is separate and distinct from that. Um, But it's helpful to see and watch how other people are navigating it to be sure. Um, But, you know, as we've always said, um, we see it as our job to be a good partner in an economic development project that will last 30, 40, 50 years um, of impact on the region. And um, it's these great leaders across these various jurisdictions that are going to lead the way on that. And we will just simply play our role. And I'm sure that's what Monumental's trying to do as well.
4: So the latest is, as far as I can tell, is, un- well, let me go back. Before, when we were talking about the RFK side as a potential, you know, as this ownership group was changing or where they- we wanted them to play and, and, you know, desirable sites, et cetera, the point I made a bunch of times was a lot has to happen. So much has to change locally just to make RFK in play. Then there's the matter of securing it and, and, and everyone agreeing and getting on the same page. Well, a lot of ground has been gained since then. So I would say that that's now on the table, whereas I didn't see it maybe a year ago, two years ago, et cetera. But my point is, everybody's hands are tied here, obviously, because you can only go so fast. But there needs to be urgency on everybody's front here. From D.C.'s perspective, you lost a couple of teams. You may have heard about that story. And the team that you really want is looking for a place ah, let's go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, let's let's hit the horse a little bit and kind of try to uh, sprint down the finish here to get that going and get it done. I don't know if Virginia has the wherewithal now that they've courted and wooed Monumental to start going, oh, and by the way, let's do something out in Ashburn. Screw that next data center. Let's put it, uh, another one out there in one of those fields and put up a bunch of wire next to it. I don't know, man, but it's something that, it's complicated because you have to make a lot of puzzle pieces fit, but man, oh man, it, it, like everyone kind of has a fire under them right now, it would seem.
5: Do you remember the chief superfan who dressed up like a wolf and he would rob banks? I sure do. Mr. Chiefsaholic. That's Chiefsaholic. He pled guilty today. Mm -hmm. His lawyer stood out in front of the courthouse and delivered one of the most hilarious minute and a half speeches about his client I've ever heard. It's somewhere between cringe and the funniest thing I've ever seen. Wow! Uh, I want to play that audio when we come back next on Grant and Danny here on The Fan.
2: No, not a surprise for us. I think for some time, FedEx business model has shifted, and they've been really good partners to us to stick with us through a time period where it didn't make as much sense for their business model. And they're actually sticking with us as partners even beyond this, just not as naming rights partners. So it's actually a great moment um, for them to get better in line with what they needed to do for their business and for us to be in the market because things are at an all-time high for us um, or an all-time recent high for us. Um, and that there's, this is a great opportunity, um, given the growth of the business of the last year, largest attendance growth. We led the league in new sponsorship business last year. We led the league in new suite sales last year. The excitement on the football side, more importantly, around a world-class general manager, a coach who's an amazing leader of men and people and an attractor of talent and uh, substantial draft capital and cap space. This is the right moment for us to be in the market. And so... FedEx exiting now to be better in line with their business model and us being in the market at a peak moment for us is exciting and great and actually great for them to do as a business partner to us.
5: That was Jason Wright right here on Grant and Danny. Welcome back. You're listening to The Fan. If You missed that interview, it will be available for you when we're done at 630 at thefandc.com. Grantanddanny.com will podcast it. Kick off your future with the law firm of Kandorian Murad. They're the official GD Show sponsor. they are help protecting your assets and update your will and your trust. Schedule a free estate planning strategy with one of their Fairfax-based attorneys. Visit kmlawyers.com. Mention the show to get a discount. kmlawyers.com. That was Jason Wright when we asked why FedEx isn't on the stadium anymore. If you're just jumping in the car, you missed this earlier today, coming home from work, FedEx Field is no more. It's just right now Field, or Commander's Field, I guess, is what they're going with. For the time being, they're going to try to sell the naming rights by the start of the season. Jason said the plan is to have a new sponsor by kickoff of the 2024 campaign. I just think it's really simple, especially if they're staying on as a sponsor, Danny, which he said in that answer. They're still doing business with the team. There's still going to be an exchange of commerce here where they give the club money and they get something for it from an advertising standpoint. Well. Why don't you want to be on the stadium? I think it's as simple as they don't want their name on a stadium where every time it's brought up, it's bad. It's bad. Let's rank the worst, you know, best to worst in the NFL. Stadium 32, FedEx Field. Uh, what's the worst experience in the NFL? FedEx Field. And whatever the list is, mm-hmm. you can't tell me that if you're FedEx, that is isn't annoying to see. Why, why would you want your name associated with something that's considered the worst? So,
4: and in, in Jason said, I mean, listen, you you could hear him talk, and and he uses, you know, dizzying language at times. As a guy that's in in the business world, I mean, he he says, aligns with their business models, and I'm like. Totally, I have no idea if it does or doesn't. But there's, there's also I, I, a yeah. What, what, what does that mean? Right. I don't know. Well, there's, but there also is a case to be made where someone goes, hey, in the past, this is how we did our marketing dollars. You've seen companies do this before at down at the kind of the local level. We, for example, uh, we uh, a car dealership goes, we are huge fans of local television spending. And then the next person that comes and goes, uh, that doesn't really do anything. Local television spending, we love local radio spending. Let's go spend on Grant and Danny, whatever. Right? There are different ways to do it. So a, a company going hey, this doesn't align with what we want to do marketing-wise anymore, that's actually not crazy. Like, I, I know it, it, It's in general it's very easy to beat up Washington and, and, and beat up FedEx Field, and if you want to take a shot at Jason right there, whatever. It's your prerogative. But this case, that actually might be a thing where FedEx looks up and goes, we can actually get out of this a couple years early. We're not really doing this anymore. We're still partnering with the NFL in a million different ways, doing a bunch of advertising and stuff, but this doesn't fit with what our how we allocate marketing dollars anymore. We don't want to do that. That's not crazy. It could also be what you're talking about, where we go. This thing's a dump. I want. I want. I do not want my name on the dump. You know I, I, mean? I think we'll
5: know based on whether or not another sponsor jumps in, right? Because now he did suggest that whoever the new sponsor is, maybe you have your name on the new stadium.
4: You, it would carry over. So that, let's say you sign a ten-year deal, right? Exactly. You
5: know? Now that's how you get somebody in. Mm-hmm. I think because you're going to want to be a part of the brand new state of the art gorgeous stadium that's hosting events and NCAA tournament games are coming here and the Super Bowl is going to be in the rotation in the first few years maybe uh, obviously it's just going to be the talk of the NFL they're going to get extra primetime games so if they're going to say you got to wear it and you're going to be at FedEx Field for 5 seasons as part of a 10 year deal but you'll also get the first 5 years of the new stadium and we want 10 years and 120 million 12 million per year you know, maybe that's how they get a deal in place, but if it's just Commander Stadium in Week One next year, I think that's going to be pretty revealing as it pertains to like whether or not companies want to be associated with the stadium. And I actually asked Jason about that. I, I, my, my point was, are you concerned that you might not be able to get? I'll just throw Coca-Cola or I'm, I'm look, you know, Shake Shack's right out mm-hmm. the window here in the Navy Yard. Like Shake Shack Field might maybe they just don't want to be associated with being ranked 32nd of the 32 venues.
2: No, not one bit. Um, I think one, the investment that's being made is a credible signal of what the experience uh, at what is now commander's field um, for the time being will be like for now and for the foreseeable future. But also this is just an inherently valuable market. This is the nation, the seat of the nation's capital. It is the most diverse fan base in the NFL. It is the most loyal fan base in the NFL at a time when that team is in a resurgence, uh, most importantly on the field, but also in the business itself. And so if you are a brand or marketing professional or the head of a company that has interests in the DC area, which I would argue everyone and their mother has (laughs) because uh, business flows through this city um, irrespective of industry, it is an absolutely exciting experience and we've had great conversations already. There's no shortage of interest in this. And we've got external help helping us. Cause as you said, we have a lot to do already on our own. So we have um, external folks helping us to do this naming rights approach. It's a firm called elevate um, and uh, it's going really great so far.
4: So looking at, it's really hard to get concrete research on this, but doing my best looking at a couple different uh, sports business websites and things that sort of categorize these things. It looks like this FedEx deal for Washington was pretty much in line with a lot of the, the naming rights deals around the league. You know what I mean? So it depends on the market. Like one of the things I found, again, this isn't concrete, but grain of salt here with some of these numbers, Nissan in Tennessee, I think they gave around four and a half million dollars a year per year for naming rights at that stadium. The FedEx deal was up over seven MetLife in New York was right around seven. I mean, again, it all kind of depends on the market and, and different things. So, It's not as if they were dramatically underpaid in that regard, or way out of bounds, way over the top that they wanted to get out. I, I I guess it's it's a long way of saying I actually kind of agree with Jason here. I think they're going to be able to get somebody, even if it's shorter term, even if it's not with the promise of going to the new stadium. I was going to say just because it's with the new thing, standalone FedEx Field, people are into. Yeah, I do. I think they're going to be able to get something.
5: Well, it's never been better. I I bet for Wright in his time Mm -hmm. here to sell this operation than right now. And just wait, it's only going to get better if they take Jaden Daniels, the Heisman Trophy winner number two, which will be the, you know, the biggest pick and the most exciting, flashiest addition from a roster standpoint they've made since Robert since Griffin. Griffin. 10 years ago, or 12 years ago now. 12 years ago, by the way. Crazy. Cool. Uh, all right, I want to play this audio. I think it's hilarious. So, Saholic, I'm, I'm going to remind people about this story just in case you, you forgot this. So there is a famous Kansas City Chiefs fan. He's a super fan. Think of him as like our Chief Z. Remember that guy? Um, he's no course, longer with yeah. us. Late Chief Z, who would, you know would get in the headdress, and and this was obviously a different time. And uh, he was like the human fan mascot, essentially, that everybody loved for the Redskins at the time. Their guy, self-appointed, is Chiefsaholic, and he would dress up like a wolf. And he would go to games and everyone would take pictures with him, and he was famous, and he would travel and he would go on the road. and you know I'm, I'm, there was like a charity element where he would go to take pictures with kids and do all this stuff. Well, it turns out that he was arrested, or or wanted, I should say initially, for robbing banks. And there was this huge search, remember, for months on end where they were trying to find this guy.
4: I cannot wait for the Netflix documentary on this. I, like, I can't wait well, for it. Well, you
5: know about the documentary that came out that was very good on
4: ESPN. They, they did a 30 for 30 on it, right? Correct. Yeah. Is Netflix doing one as well? Or a, or a 60 I can't remember what it is. But I I mean, like, when they really do it, like, give me a full two hours oh, or multiple episode saga.
5: I mean, saga. There's, I mean you, already, you, you got your full hour-long special on yeah. ESPN available right now if you want it. But... So they cracked this to the point where it turns out, allegedly, I guess, still, he was committing bank robberies while driving on his way to Chiefs games, and he would like go rob a bank, get back on the road, keep driving to the game, be Chief Saholic in his mask and stuff. Now he wasn't robbing the bank as Chief Saholic; he was just wearing like another kind of a mask. But one of the craziest sports slash non sports stories ever, and I'm sure in Kansas City they had a field day with it on the radio. The funniest thing about this story, which isn't that funny, is that his agent is such a wackadoo. his, His lawyer is just such a goose. So his lawyer today, after his client admitted that he was guilty of the crimes at hand, went out and addressed the media. Here's what he had to say.
3: From the beginning of this case, folks, the government has been blitzing and Xavier's pocket was collapsing. But today... Xavier stepped into the pressure. He took responsibility for his actions. He stood up in court, humble and repentant, and admitted what he had done. Now, if I know anything about Xavier, and if the Chief's Kingdom knows anything about Chief aholic we know that he doesn't give up. We know that if he stumbled and he fell, he didn't let his knee touch the ground. And that's because he's capable of doing a great thing. And he knows that there's still hope. We still have a lot of work to do on his case, but Xavier wants everyone to know that he loves the chief's kingdom, he loves Kansas City, and he hopes that you'll rally to his support. Thank you, and God bless. I mean,
4: you can't make that up. Did his knee touch the ground?
5: You cannot make that up. The, the, the agencies were were pressuring. The pocket was collapsing. This guy is such a goose. I mean... Bank robber, man. The, the cringe. Bank robber. The government was blitzing. Real life, dude. <laughs> this yeah, this guy, he bank. also looks like a grown-up version of Alfalfa. I probably shouldn't talk about appearances, but... His hair is parted right down the middle. He's just missing the little, uh, you know, the little shark's tail thing at the top. But this guy is such a wackadoo doing all these sports references. Can you play the one from back in August? This was when he was saying he was innocent, by the way. Obviously, now he's admitted guilty uh, because the pocket collapsed on him. So he had to, I guess, throw the football, as it were.
4: But he didn't touch the ground?
5: So this was back in the summer when he talked. And the first time we heard this silly goose.
3: This is not Chiefs Aholic's last drive. And he believes, and we believe,
5: this that when real. the
3: final whistle blows oh. and all of the facts are known, that he is going to be redeemed in the eyes of his community, in the eyes of his fans, and in the eyes of the Chiefs' kingdom.
5: By the way, how did that work out? Because he admitted that he was— yeah, not I mean, so great. I guess you could plead guilty for a lesser charge, and he could still tell people— I didn't do it or something? I don't know. I don't know how that works. This guy's name is Xavier. I think it's actually Xavier from the documentary. Uh, Babooter. Gained notoriety for wearing a gray wolf suit to Chiefs games, admitted to stealing more than $800,000 in 11 bank robberies. What is this, 1923? My God. Who the hell is robbing a bank now? You know how hard it is to rob a bank and get away with it? This guy did that 11 times. Now, eventually, I guess he didn't get away with it. But he never once got, like, caught by security walking out or arrested by the cops. He robbed 11 banks at a time with cameras and... That we know about. Like, hitting buttons. (laughs) a good point that he's admitted to. A lot of chief road games. Like, hitting buttons where you just, like, something falls from the sky and you're in a net now. Like, there's all kinds of weird technology. How the heck was he able to rob 11 banks, this guy?
4: I'll tell you why. He never touched the ground. All these different banks were blitzing him. And he was able to rise above the pressure. And he Boys stood tall in, in, in the, the pocket.
5: pocket. An average of $72,700 per bank.
4: So I guess he's not going full vault there. I guess he's doing drawers and then maybe like a, the occasional safe. Well, You're not other, going to full vault. Here's the other bit from that
5: doc that was unbelievable. He was a massive sports better. And he would, now, in his life, everyone knew who he was. This chief saholic guy. And he would have pictures of him not in uniform. One like he was like sure, a sure. mystery man.
4: What a wolf the entire time. But he would
5: post these tickets of putting 100000 on Patrick Mahomes to win MVP. And it would like hit. And he was betting always on the Chiefs and Mahomes. So, of course, he won. So, he's going to win a lot. Way yeah. more often than he lost. But everyone's like, where is he getting this money? What is this guy's job? From How banks. How <laughs> does he <laughs> traveled every game? Like, what is his gig? What is his deal?
4: He was robbing banks. He was robbing banks. That's what he was doing. Th- that was the biggest source of it probably was the bank robbing. I want to hear the one from today again.
5: I just think yep. to, to me like this is life imitating art. Like this is out of a movie. Right. There's certain things that happen where you go, this is too
4: outrageous and too stupid. Like the original script was one thing and then they punched it up and it became the town. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like this. Also, listen for the word repentant in there for me. <laughs>
5: yeah, you really I, I, I my ears perked right up on that one. <laughs> I just Am, am I overdoing it to say this is one of the funniest bits ever?
4: It's unreal. Is this
5: terrible this, lawyer with well, a cheap suit on standing in front of this courthouse. It's no
4: crime not to be a football fan. It's that's not a crime. But when you're like, I know what I'll do. I'll relate to the folks is who, he with in football the bit? stuff. No. He's it, in on the bit. No, this is this is like someone who read like football 101 that's, that morning. No, no, no. no. Football for Dummies. And he's I, like, it's third and long for Chiefs Chiefsaholic. I, I think he's a football mark. No. And I,
5: I think he thinks this is how he makes his guy relatable. He's like you guys are all Chiefs fans too. You're all in this together. Uh, here we go.
3: I'm From gonna, the beginning I'm gonna, of this ca- a bell, by the way, with each terrible football mention. From the beginning of this case, folks, the government has been blitzing, and Xavier's pocket was collapsing. Right there. But today, Xavier stepped into the pressure. Three. He took responsibility for his actions. He stood up in court, humble and repentant, mm. and admitted what he had done. Now, if I know anything about Xavier and if the Chief's Kingdom knows anything about Chiefsaholic, <coughs> we know that he doesn't give up. We know that if he stumbled and he fell, he didn't let his knee touch the ground. There you go. And that's because he's capable Of doing a great thing and he knows that there's still hope we still have a lot of work to do on his case but xavier wants everyone to know that he loves the chief's kingdom he loves kansas city and he hopes that you'll rally to his support thank you and god bless
5: the knee touching the ground one is the worst that's the hard one i mean they're all bad don't get me wrong but that one is he is trying like he's reaching so far to it's like the remote's just out of your reach off yeah, the couch. Trying to like, get that
4: analogy in there. That's tough.
5: It, it, the first few came easily. They're terrible. Yeah. But it's like, okay, the guy was under pressure because he, you know, he committed a lot of crimes. Uh and and obviously they got the the pocket collapsed, the walls caved in on him. I get where you're going with this. Sure, sir. sure, sure, sure. Yeah. You shouldn't do that. It's right, stupid and right. ridiculous, but I get it. This one was tough. He he goes so far. He's like he's a resilient guy. He doesn't go down easily. In fact. In fact if he fell or stumbled his knee wouldn't even touch the ground like you don't need to go that no we got
4: we got it with before you <laughs> there's a lot of kip from napoleon dynamite in him too you know what i mean it's like like he's you know he's really you know he's learning a lot and he's got hope and it's like oh it just doesn't feel that that, that didn't feel very serious someone, you know what i mean like banks were robbed <laughs>
5: you know I mean? someone just said you can hear a lady asking who is this guy while he's talking in the one from in the summer. Play that again, because that's funny. Apparently like one of the bystanders maybe. Who is this This is not
3: Chiefsaholic's last drive. And he believes, and we believe, that when the final whistle blows, and all of the facts are known, that he is going to be redeemed in the eyes of his community, in the eyes of his fans, and in the eyes of the Chiefs' kingdom.
4: I didn't hear I didn't someone hear saying that. I didn't hear who is this guy. Who is this guy? <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> I mean, I'm asking it too. Who is this man?
5: Barack drama on Twitter may have swung and missed here. Let me be clear. Is it on the new one? Let me be clear. Yeah, try the new one again. Is it on the one where he one, says... One, he, one more time. Let's he try He stood.
3: Rep- From the beginning of this case, folks, the government has been blitzing and Xavier's pocket was collapsing. But today, Xavier stepped into the pressure. He took responsibility for his actions. He stood up in court, humble and repentant, and admitted what he had done. Now, if I know anything about Xavier, and if they the chief's dark. kingdom knows anything about Chief'saholic, we know that he doesn't give up. We know that if he stumbled what
5: would happen if he and he fell, he'd go down, right? He didn't
3: let his knee touch the ground. Damn it! And that's because he's capable of doing a great thing, and he knows that there's still hope. We still have a lot of work to do on his case, but Xavier wants everyone to know that he loves the Chiefs' kingdom, he loves Kansas City, and he hopes that you'll rally to his support. Thank you, and God bless.
4: I didn't hear it. I still didn't
5: hear it. I was it. listening for it. Wow, Baracko drama. Let us awry there.
4: There's definitely more chatter, like background chatter in that cut
2: than, it, than the summer one, yeah, but, but yeah, if still if don't hear we're it.
5: We're listening for it and we don't hear
4: it. Yeah, don't hear it.
5: Let me be clear. I didn't hear it, man. Mm-mm. Taking you up to 6.30 tonight on The Fan. Peter King joins us. Top of the hour in 35 minutes right here on Grant & Danny. With Danny, I'm Grant. This is The Fan. We are on social media at Grant H. Paulson for me, Twitter and Instagram. At
4: Funny Danny and
5: Humorous Danny, respectively. A couple people tweeting us saying that Chiefsaholic is definitely in on the bit. He's got to be. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> That's a line in the sandlot. Wendy Peppercorn's up there on the stand. Benny the Jet Rodriguez is then We're all debating. They're like, you think she knows what she's doing? And she's like putting her sunscreen on, yeah. and he's like, she knows She knows what, what she's, she's doing. doing. She knows exactly what she's doing. I, I think that about Chiefsaholic. Like, you think Alfalfa knows what he's doing? I think he knows exactly what
4: Listen, he's doing. bro, when you make a sp- statement on my behalf, minimum three, hopefully four or five direct football analogies for what's going on. We had Adam
5: Peters on the show yesterday. I want to get into what he said about the holdovers. That was something I heard from a lot of people about. Last night, and I wanted to see how it sat with you. You were our resident mm-hmm. salty dog cafe. That's right. When it comes to Martin Mayhew still being here, the fact that they retained a bevy of staffers, front office uh, mostly, couple of coaches as well. But you asked, like, why keep any of these holdovers? Why not start fresh? You're here because they stunk. Here's what he said.
9: you referred to them as holdovers. DQ actually had a great, great. um thought process with that and, and they're not holdovers they're part of the new staff and so they're starting over so whatever you know whatever they were doing before they're, they're part of what we're doing moving forward so i can tell you i think we have four four coaches from the previous staff and and we have a lot of people on in the personnel department and they're all here because they deserve to be here because they're they're really good people and they're really good at what they do so we're, we're excited as heck to to have them and have them be a part of this thing moving forward
4: I appreciate his answer. I, he's There's no incentive to run anybody under the bus when you've got to deal with these same people. Um, you know, if, if there was truth serum in a private room and everything was off the record, I'd go, I, frankly, I don't care as much about the scouts. They're turning in reports. They're scouts, I'm sure, the same as everyone else's scouts, right? The decision makers. The guys that stood up there or sat there and agreed with Ron Rivera and were brought here at the behest of Ron Rivera, even if they're just figureheads, that's the one I can't stomach. I can't. A lot of fans feel as I do, and a lot of fans are like you that just don't care. They don't care at all. Well, that those guys have mostly been sidelined. You've been demoted.
5: Yep. You don't have much responsibility anymore. You should have as many people around you with differing opinions as possible. You don't have to listen to anything that they say. If you want to keep Martin Mayhew around because you want to do the opposite of what he thinks every time, that's okay too. I just think that there's zero harm. In him making a lot less money, took a haircut, I'm sure, having a lesser title. You didn't even make him. He didn't go from GM to assistant to the GM. He's like in an advisor role. They're going, hey man, go watch some tape for me on this linebacker. Tell me what you think. And they're putting that in a pile with ten other sheets of paper from other people in the building and what they think. What's the
4: drawback to that? At times, it was just him and Adam Peters talking to a coach, deciding who's going to be in charge of the franchise. That's the harm. Well, to they hadn't
5: right. hired Lance Newmark yet.
4: Yeah, he was one of the few
5: people that was left in the building at that time.
4: I don't want him left in the building at that time. That—that's my point. Is the harm is is done? He's still here. He's still valued. the The idea that he's now like working a post in Antarctica, I think is isn't correct. That's that's our dream, or that's what we like. We're kind of wish casting that. I think they're. I think they're buddies. I think well, they're I in. I think this. they are
5: buddies. I mean, he'll be in the building. My point is, the people that matter the most in the decision making are all new. It's Peters, it's Newmark, it's Quinn, and I think the scouting department, which are the holdovers, but that's a given because mm-hmm. they got to figure out who's good and who isn't. They got to monitor and watch them in the months ahead. But you also just that's that's a historical precedent. You can't come in here in January or February, the way the coaching search went for them this year, and blow out a scouting staff that's eighty percent done with its draft work and the draft like on a, on a clock. You know, that starts at midnight, the draft is back at 11.59.59, 59. you're basically at like 8 p.m. at this point of the year of the work that they put in. So you need them to, to stand by their reporting and mm-hmm. see what's what. So you knew they were going to keep their jobs. We'll see how many of them get replaced. I would imagine Peters has a lot of friends around the business that he'd love to. You saw him if you watch this uh, video that they put out called Commander's Log, which is kind of like their hard knocks that they do on their own socials. It's a really, really good episode that the commanders just put out. Tip of the cap to them, whoever produces and edits that. But Peters was walking around in Mobile at the Senior Bowl. like Everyone's coming up and dapping him up Mm -hmm. like, bro, congrats. Everyone loves him. You don't think that some of these lower-level scouts in these other places that he's been— watching players with at random fields all over the country for a bunch of years, he wouldn't want to bring them in and make him his regional guy or whatever. Yeah, local
4: guy comes regional guy, regional guy becomes cross-checker, cross-checker becomes, yeah, totally. I, and, I, and so that's why I don't have a problem with... Your main with,
5: gripe is Mayhew.
4: It's, that's Mayhew and Herney, the Martys. The guys that only had a gig now, because Herney, of Ron. I
5: think, will be in Alaska. I think he's like uh, in one of those huts in uh, the HBO show uh, Season 3. True Detective. True Detective. <laughs> Which, by the way, have you finished? I did, yeah. I'm a couple episodes behind. I'm still catching I won't up. say,
4: I'm not saying a word.
5: It's getting a little weirder than I want it to. I think you said it wouldn't be too weird for me. It's not too weird for you.
4: It's getting weirder. Right. That's on you because it's yeah. not that weird. It's like, it's night for months at a time and there's nothing but snow and it's pretty dreary. Not much going on. That's fine. So, so I pe- don't have any problem with that. But people's minds wander a little bit up there is what i say. Is that what's happening, you think? I'm not, I'm not spoiling anything for you. Okay. I'm just telling you.
5: It's just getting a little bit like, you know, is there a ghost? And you know what planet's he but from? Do you, you remember and
4: season one? What about
5: the alien? Remember
4: season one? There was a spaghetti monster, and there's all <laughs> sorts of stuff that was wild and crazy. <laughs> it's a good point. I'm, I'm, I haven't given it up. Uh, you know, Carcosa, like you mean this like overgrown area of of brush and vegetation. But point yeah. is,
5: Marty's in Alaska. I, I don't like Mayhew's going to be here. I don't. By the way, I don't think this is like finishing out his contract. I'll bet you he's here for the long term.
4: Oh yeah, and this is this is my point. He shouldn't be. Like, I, seems like a nice guy. Played here. I. I have nothing against him personally. I remember. I agree with Coach. I agree with Coach. I agree with Coach. Coach is absolutely right. I agree with Coach. Coach is right. And those were no, all no, 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 no. Gone. Instantly. The first day I could shut off his access, I do it. I, I can't have it. I can't have it. I can't have the guy that high fired everybody when they got Emmanuel Forbes when he fell to them, which would have been true at round two probably. Maybe round three. Who knows? I can't have that guy still having any influence other than is the tea hot enough like get, get, it, it, i just can't stand it it makes my blood boil i just we're so close we're so close to not being a joke we're so close to being right we're so close to just doing the things that are smart and reasonable so many guys that have made bad decisions in previous regimes have been let go just let him go let him go somewhere else he could do that he could make bad decisions somewhere else he can never get a job gm job again Anywhere else in this league, he could be the assistant to the assistant regional manager for the traveling secretary and put the Yankees at that Radisson like George Costanza did one time. But
5: he'd get this job that he has in several places probably.
4: Let him do that then. Write him a nice recommendation.
5: I'm just saying his previous job, he should not have had. That has been proven. That's not like me now being rude and having an opinion that isn't fair. He was not good enough at it. He no longer has it. Like that's very. They went and got Adam Peters, Mm -hmm. not because he was awesome. They didn't fire Ron Rivera and go. Martin Mayhew's going to run the search because he's a great GM. He's got a new job that he is qualified for and can probably do, which is help your friend who's now the general manager occasionally, you know, do some uh, scribble
4: some reports down, organizing. I just bet you there's another guy that could do it too, who who doesn't have the track record here of being wrong on everything. I bet you somebody else could write a report about a linebacker from Kent State. I bet you somebody else could tell me if the guard is okay from uh, Wisconsin. What would you guys think of Adam
5: Peters' answer when Danny asked him yesterday, why are Mayhew and some of the uh, Rivera-era guys still here rather than just cleaning house? G&D
6: on the fan.
9: you refer to them as holdovers. DQ actually had a great, great um, thought process with that. And and they're not holdovers, they're part of the new staff. And so they're starting over. So whatever, you know, whatever they were doing before, they're, they're part of what we're doing moving forward. So I can tell you, I think we have four four coaches from the previous staff, and, and we have a lot of people on, in the personnel department. And they're all here because they deserve to be here because they're they're really good people, and they're really good at what they do. So we're, we're excited as heck to, to have them and have them be a part of this thing moving forward.
5: That was Adam Peters as heard right here on Grant and Danny yesterday. I want to be clear about one thing, Danny. You're not suggesting that everyone should be out because they made the change. You're saying they should be out because they didn't do a good job, right? Yes. Like, in other words, someone tweeted and was like, well, if you guys get a new program director, should you guys automatically lose your show? Well, without getting into too many details, business has been kind of booming for your boys for the better part of the last decade. If we were getting terrible ratings and no one listened to our show or cared, yeah, probably. Now, I'm not with you. I've, I, I would have moved on from him, certainly, if it was me. But I don't have a problem with them not having done so. But can you clarify that?
4: Yeah, I, I think it's an important distinction. And by the way, again, I'm, I'm not ripping Adam Peters at all. This is not me criticizing him e- even a little bit. But, but You're allowed to disagree with him. Well, but I'm saying I'm not I'm not criticizing Um You're doing some semantics with the word holdover. Here's what it means. A person or thing that continues from an earlier time, especially a person who continues in an organization after other people have been replaced. They're holdovers from a different regime. Of course. That's okay and you want to call them something different because they're part of a new regime and that's your philosophy. That's fine. But it's, it's like a, a semantics game to a degree. Recalibrate versus rebuild. Sure. You're not going to be good for a little bit. That's okay. we we'll We're all in for this. And again, I'm, I am very pro Peters. This is not me being anti him, but this, this is about the reason Adam Peters and company are here. The reason Lance Newmark is here because the previous regime needed to be replaced Desperately, it was obvious for years that they couldn't do the job very well. They messed up time after time after time after time, nearly every major decision wrong. We got we even got video of some of it. They like, might have bad
5: had like a two twenty five batting average in free agency, and maybe they're better in the draft, but not by much. Maybe like a three fifty or four hundred
4: average. This ain't baseball, folks. Uh, just at picking players in the draft. So when. With the Capitals, for example, when George McPhee was let go and they hired internally Brian McClellan, you're going, listen, for all McPhee's faults for, you know, uh, Martin Erat and uh, Peter Forsberg, for every one of those, they've been pretty competitive for a while. So one of his disciples who may have disagreed at times with him, that's not the end of the world. When the Wizards did it, it's like, uh, eh, we don't have a great track record of success here. We have 150 games. Are we sure we want to do this internally? Even though Tommy Shepard's a really nice dude. That's kind of my point here. This holdover, it's not as if he was exemplary. Tavita Pritchard, by all accounts, is awesome. Knows the hell he's doing. I was blown away meeting the guy and talking to him. Really, really impressed. Fine. These dudes that were making decisions were awful at this. And they stood there just nodding next to Ron Rivera. And they wouldn't have had those gigs that weren't for Rivera. Just ship them out. Find another pencil pusher. Find another guy to watch a little bit of video somewhere.
5: Let's go to Jerry, who's in DC on Grant and Danny. What's up, Jerry?
8: Hey, how you doing? Uh, I um, I disagree. I disagree the way y'all leaning on uh, Mayhew. For one, um, okay, look at the receivers we had. Yeah, I, I can say he made a mistake at quarterback. I would definitely say that. But um, he didn't. The receivers. Terry the was with,
5: here when he showed up. Who's their number one? Ter- uh, okay. Kirk, it was not- Curtis Samuel didn't give them as much production as what they paid for. He was the ninth highest paid receiver in the league. And did a they sign him the year before you came? Ago. Not sure, but 2020? it was a, it was a yeah. swing and a miss. And Jahan Dotson has been a disappointment as a first-round pick. Now, I love him. They they completely missed on De'Ami Brown in the third round. So what what credit are we giving him for a wide receiver?
0: Well, we ain't got to just say ride receiver. Just take away his you
7: credit did, for the quarterback. You, okay, guess what? But I'm saying if they had somebody to throw them the ball, not a satellite quarterback, then they, they drafted Sam Howe. So, the, they you know,
5: they traded for Carson Wentz. They brought in Ryan Fitzpatrick. Terrible,
0: terrible. You're right. Yes. That's
7: terrible. That's terrible. But that wasn't his. That wasn't totally Mayhew's decision.
5: He that, was that part was of the group making the decision. Ahead. He was the GM, though. I mean. You're right. R- Rivera can be blamed for everything. If and you I want. do, by the way, I blame Rivera he, wholeheartedly. He got fired. <laughs> yeah. But the, the most influential decision maker other than Ron Rivera and the guy with the GM title, fair or not, the trades go on your ledger. I understand he is carrying out Rivera's plan. Like, you, you find me the wins. We, yeah. we, you just named a couple positions. We went through and you're like, OK, well, that was bad. Find me the wins. Yeah, I go down to the checklist. Did you, did
4: you say yes on Norrell? Yes on William Jackson? Did you say yes on Forbes? Did you say yes on Jamon Davis? All these guys. And if the answer is yes, get out of here. Peter King joins us next on
5: GD on the fan.
1: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.